0: guys welcome to we weren't friends in high school the podcast where i reunite with high school classmates for my graduating class of WISIC in high school in the suburbs of philadelphia i'm brad corbett class of 2001 thanks again to mike hood for the extra credit episode. I heard from people inside and outside of Wizahicken that really enjoyed hearing his stories. Like I said in that episode, I was really excited to talk to a teacher. And as of now, Mr. Hood is still employed with Wizahicken, and there's no problems. So I hope I'll get to speak with more teachers as I kind of go through the 2001 class. If you want to hear that interview with band director Michael Hood, it's the latest extra credit episode in the podcast feed available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. All the interviews, including the one in this episode, are available at youtube.com slash redshirtplaya. Subscribe to the channel, like the videos on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, there will be a really fun YouTube exclusive on the channel. I'll talk about all that when we get closer to the date, and all three parts of the We were Friends in High School reunion are on the channel as well. So if you haven't had a chance to do it yet, subscribe, and it'll be easy to get to the reunion specials, and you'll be ready to go for the special Black Friday episode when that drops. You can follow the podcast on Facebook at WWFNHS, and on Instagram at we weren't friends in high school. This week, my guest is Dustin Kanner. I had homeroom with Dustin, and that was the bulk of what I knew about Dustin. So starting to become a theme on this show where despite thinking that I know who everybody was, I know very little substance about the person. So this is a chance for me to get to know Dustin a lot better. I found his story gave me a similar feeling to another interview in the 200 level that I did a few episodes ago. So, I'll talk about it on the other side. So, I hope you guys enjoy my conversation with Dustin Canner.
1: Yo. What's up, man? What's happening, man? How are oh, you? That,
0: that beard is intense. <laughs> Dude, the quarantine, the quarantine beard. I haven't the hair is even more intense.
1: You haven't how long has it been since you've uh trimmed it up.
0: Oh, I trim the beard. Probably like I'll trim the sides every, yeah, maybe yeah. like, eh maybe like every like three weeks. I can't stand it in my mouth.
1: That's where it gets me. The mustache is super annoying. <laughs>
0: Terrible, right. And I get self-conscious about it. And I, I think most people who are like bearder beard people are used to it, but it makes me so self-conscious that I think people look at me going, Look at him. He's chewing on his own hair because that's what I feel like I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So I'll trim this oh, up, it's crazy. And, and I try and like get around here, and then I'll do the sides because it helps it look longer.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I had it. I had it going for a little while, and it just same thing. It got so annoying, and then the hair. I had the quarantine hair going, and just like summertime. I one. I think it was a hot July day. I'm like, screw this. I'm going to get this thing cleaned up.
0: I'm close. I'm I'm close. I'm almost at that point.
1: Yeah, you're approaching the winter, so you know, I'll just let it keep going.
0: <laughs> just start the cycle over. It yeah. I'm close to probably a year. It's probably been since like January.
1: Is that is that vodka there? It is a little vodka. Cheers. I got Cheers, buddy. Is it kettle kettle one? It is kettle one. We are in the same playbook tonight, my my friend.
0: That's awesome.
1: Kettle one martini kind of night. It's been a day.
0: Boy, I was I was being a dummy like three hours ago. I was like, eh, I might just, you know, I had a five hour energy and I said, I think I'm just going to drink water. And then, <laughs> then like hour, hour and a half ago, I go, what am I what, what am I talking about? I got to have a drink and relax and like enjoy myself here.
1: Heck, yeah, I was I mean, most of the the episodes I've listened to so far, it seems that there are drinks involved. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It, uh, it's funny on zoom. I've told some people before it's, it's tough with zoom because usually face to face, especially when I first started, you know, you go drink for drink. Hey, I'm pouring one. You want to, you want one or I'm cracking one. You want one. But on zoom, I'm left to my own devices here. So it's like, it's hard to gauge like where everyone's at. And I, I'm probably the only person, the only half of these conversations that actually like has his drinks right here so that i don't have to get up that's smart you got your whole
1: you're you're sitting right next to your bar huh
0: well i just put a bar next to my wherever i'm recording (laughs) just make it (laughs) so like i think most people will like make a drink and then they'll wait for like the inevitable bath bathroom break that happens but that could be like an hour two hours (laughs) depending if you're leslie you know four hours in oh my goodness
1: well, yeah, I'll let you know when I need a refill because I got to run downstairs. I don't have my uh, kettle bottle next to me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, man, it's Dustin, it's awesome to to see and talk to you because I haven't really like interacted with you in any way. I feel like um, like on social media or anything, so I haven't.
1: It's, yeah, it's weird. It was one of those things like when I saw, I feel like I've seen something on social media. This was probably back to the to the wrestling days when you're working with WWF or I don't know if it was WWE at the time, whatever the name was. But B-I-E. I feel like I kind of like once you started this podcast, I'm like, oh, yeah, I recall something on social media about that. But other than that, I don't think we've connected at all. Yeah. Um, and then I've listened, I listened to the first few episodes. Honestly, it was great. Like, especially through quarantine and, and COVID, you know, work from home, have the episode on in the background and just that kind of the the memories. Um, it's a great idea. So well, well done. Well
0: done. So Dustin, you know, the two things I think that about you that like, I can, I know at this point, for some reason, when I think back, I can't think of like big things, but we were in homeroom together. Right. I believe like, because of is that because of our last names? Yeah, because (laughs) of the C's. And uh, Paige told me that you guys went to was it semi-formal freshman year?
1: Yeah, was that freshman year? So I was thinking today, I'm like trying to think of memories from high school. And I'm like, man, I hope this isn't a a flop of a episode because I just for whatever reason, my memory has faded severely (laughs) since 2001. Um, it's been a long time and geez, it's gone fast, but it's been a long time. Yeah. I mean, we, I can't recall homeroom who we had, but I, it makes sense. I mean, Gottlieb, I re-
0: senior year was Gottlieb. Mm-hmm. Um, Gottlieb. That's right. He freshman was year, freshman year was Michael Sabia.
1: Sabia. What did he teach history?
0: Uh, he was math. Warren was the, uh, Warren was the, the real hard ass. Uh, militant one where you had to do drip.
1: that's right that's michael
0: right. was like maybe 10th grade geometry or something or that's right
1: he was the fun Recal. one yeah i see Jeez, thank you for filling me in gottlieb i'll never forget gottlieb chemistry
0: yes yes
1: <laughs> he was tough not tough but he was he was bizarre
0: <laughs> i never had him uh but he was always like a nice guy fun to fun to talk to. And I would always scam my way into homeroom because I would always come late. Yeah, so yeah. I would bring us a, 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 my assignment book that said with a hall pass saying that I come from chorus with Mr. Conahan, but I had, I had just come from my car 10 minutes late <laughs>
1: <laughs> chorus in the morning.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, people would actually go do that. And you know, like you hang out with your favorite teacher. If he's, if he's that type of teacher and he doesn't have a yeah. class, you can sing for like the first, you know, 20 minutes before you get started. When I think back to how early we started in the morning for school, like to do something like that, you had to be like in the building at like 7.00 AM,
1: 7.20. Yeah. The high schoolers are up early. I mean, I see them get on the bus at 6:50, 50, 6.50, And I'm like, I'm barely awake.
0: If you're one of those first stops, you're in there like 6:15 waiting for your bus.
1: Yeah. That's going to be interesting. I mean, my kids are now like up at six 30 we're like twiddling our thumbs sometimes until the, until it's time to go to school. Mm-hmm. There's almost too much, t- too much time, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm sure high school, they're going to start sleeping. It's going to be the opposite. They're going to sleep in
0: and then I'm going to be dragging them out of bed. Where'd you start with the Hicken? Stony Creek. Stony Creek. A lot of people went to Stony Creek.
1: Yeah. Bluebell. So I lived in, um, I moved to Bluebell in second grade. Okay. moved to lived in Corman suites first and then moved right next door to Corman suites, the muse, Cernan Lane, the muse between town line and Corman suites. There was that neighborhood down the, down the Hill. Okay. Um, oh, a bunch of people lived in there from, from our class, Pam Lacey, Lacey, Aram. Um, there were a lot of people from our school down in that block. Uh, but yeah, Stony Creek second grade. And then, uh, And then obviously middle school. And, uh, it was a wild, it was wild. It was, you know, coming in, I was glad I came in at second grade and not fifth or sixth grade. (laughs) I think it was a much
0: easier adjustment because Uh, you were able to make friends before you got to that point or.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's just, cause when you're in second, third grade, you don't really have friends yet, or you don't care about it as much, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just, uh, it's an easier experience to move when you're younger and and start, start that experience when you're younger.
0: So then what was that like for you? Because, you know, I kind of had the same group of friends, but that started from kindergarten and it was all based on my neighborhood. Mm. Um, And so, you know, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, whatever, they were all like within two, three years of me and Ray and I, you know, living down the street, Mike Mayo and I living down the street, those were my best friends, you know, going up through middle school. Um, for you then coming in second grade, did you have friends in your, you know, we don't drive? And so, you know, the other thing though, <laughs> in Bluebell, right? Bluebell's different because it's not as as walkable. Now you had people in your neighborhood, but you know, in Ambler, it's also walkable and where I had all these kids right there. I guess your parents could drive you, and that's like a normal thing to take you to people's houses, also, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I remember. I remember my parents, I'm sure my parents worried about it. I didn't worry about it as much. Cause again, second grade, I'm like, whatever, this is cool. We're, we we got this new apartment. Like it's a new place. It's like a vacation. Right. And, uh, I remember being outside and, and Drew Douglas rode by on his bike with his dad and my dad and I were outside. I, I don't know how it started. Conversation started. He lived up the block. Um, and he was the, pretty much the first person I met. Um, it was just before soccer season. So I think my, our, our fathers talked and said, Oh, if your son's into sports, here's the intramural league, yada, 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 WRA with pain type thing. I got into that. And before you know it, like, that's kind of the network that, that I, that I built from there, through soccer. soccer. And then it turned, you know, then it was basketball and baseball. Um, But yeah, Drew was, if he hadn't been riding his bike down the block that day, I'm, you know, I'm sure my parents would have found the sports programs, but it's just funny how coincidence works out in, in funny ways.
0: Now, did that correlate to you then like, oh, these are kids in my school also?
1: I don't, I don't remember. I'm sure at some point it did click. Um, but you know, don't remember.
0: Do you remember then Like who you would actually, who you were friends with? So it's funny. Cause you said you weren't, you felt like middle schools where you started like kind of getting friends. So then do you even remember having friends in elementary school? I mean, I mean, not really. No through soccer, you just have acquaintances, but so what would you do?
1: Yeah. Cause you don't like hang out with, you don't really like nowadays, like parents set up play dates for the kids, right? It's a, you have to like set it up. You're not, you're not quite old enough to like be out running around the streets by yourself, um, playing outside, you know, I guess, it wasn't at the time, I don't remember kind of what age that started, but yeah, you just kind of make friends through the, through the sports programs that you're in or clubs that you're in, if it's Boy Scouts or whatever. I, but again, I, I don't think those relationships, you know, to me at that time really meant anything. It's just such a young age to, you don't I don't think really even understand what a relationship is. <laughs> <laughs> That's so interesting.
0: Cause I mean, it felt like that was my biggest time of having friends. Um, It was like that elementary school era. And that's exactly what we would do. We would come home from school or, you know, after school program, I think I did, but you had until the streetlight went on Mm -hmm. and we'd all be at the park or at the fields playing soccer, baseball, football, two hand touch, riding bikes, roller skating, whatever. Um, And we all did. But again, it was that like community where you didn't have to go on any like busy streets. It was, you know, a, a four street neighborhood. And it was all kids who had all go to Wizzahickon and Ambler. So we're all the same school district, but we were all, you know, within six houses of each other.
1: Yeah. And when I moved from Corman to the Muse, I had that experience a little bit. The trouble was some of my neighbors went to private school. Some of my neighbors were older, Um, some were younger. So and then I had like my my soccer and basketball and baseball kind of crew, which some of those kids went to Shaded Grove. Some went to Bluebell. So you'd see them out, you know, on tournaments and weekends, but you wouldn't always be in class with them during the day. Um, So I think it was just a different experience. But once I moved to the Muse, it was hanging out, like you said, hanging out on the block. I mean, wiffle ball in the backyard, basketball until until your parents were yelling, it's dark, come home. Um, And again, we had Corman suites on one side of us, town line apartments on the other side. So those three neighborhoods separated by a little fence that we just hopped, daily back and forth to play you know rough touch and and basketball there was a lot of kids running around uh at all different ages
0: what were you into as a as a kid did you have any interests shows toys was it sports primarily
1: yeah pretty much i mean i was one of those like i didn't want to be home i wanted to be outside uh it was let's grab a football let's grab a basketball and as soon as soon as the first person's awake that wants to play, let's go play. And then come home, come home for lunch, scarf down lunch, go out, play, come home for dinner, scarf down your dinner, go back out until until curfew.
0: You said you moved here in second grade. Where did you come from?
1: Uh, So I lived in, I was born in New York, uh, and then I went to Dallas, Texas, and then I went to Orange County, California. Pretty much two years in each place. Uh, And then second grade, we relocated back east. My parents were both in My mom's a nurse, my dad was in sales, and um, roots in the East Coast, we were living out in California, and and the school districts out there are not very strong, Uh, and I think they knew they always wanted to move back East. Um, They had some family upstate New York, they had some family in Massachusetts. Somehow, through, I guess it was through jobs, I don't really know, somehow they settled on Bluebell, Pennsylvania. We didn't know anybody there um but somehow they settled on bluebell uh, they figured it was close enough to new york close enough to to the boston area where that where my mother's family from my dad's from new york so it just kind of worked out that way it was like they knew they wanted to come east and uh we settled there
0: it's like it's like i asked yuka like how did you get here to you know to bluebell <laughs> yeah. from austin texas you know and it's like the same thing you know it's like family you know work and so then big sports fan, who was your team once you get here in second grade?
1: Oh, I was New York all, already. I mean, as a kid, right. I, I idolized my father and it's like, you can either do two things. You can be with him or against him. Like there's, it's fun to kind of play both sides of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, my younger, my younger brother went against us, but you know, growing up, it was New York Yankees giants. So living and I didn't realize that from an early age, moving to Philadelphia was coming into enemy territory. Yeah. But um, I soon learned that you don't wear your New York Giants jersey to the vet.
0: <laughs> so are you New York through the, your entire childhood and, and to now? Does that change? Or you've always been New York? Wow. I stayed in New
1: York. I mean, it, it was one of those things that I think subconsciously I just decided to go and follow my father's footsteps for sports teams. Yeah. And I thought it was more fun to root with him than against him, you know, sitting at the TV. And that was, I remember, you know, watching sports with him. I don't remember as far back as Texas, but I remember California. I remember watching the world series with him with the earthquakes in San Fran. And we were having earthquakes down in Southern Cal. Um, so I, uh, you know, it was one of those bonding experiences that I just chose New York teams. And, you know, a lot of persuasive Philly fans tried to talk me out of that for years and, 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 in Philly. But at that point it just became like, I had to stick to, I couldn't flip flop and teeter totter back and forth. I had to stick to my guns and it almost became a, it was, it was almost more fun, you know, being the opposition. Uh, well, that's
0: 90, you know, is second grade. That's like 1991. Um, That's why I was going to ask because it could have been very easy in 1993 when the Phillies had gone from last place to first place and the Mets own Lenny Dystra is now uh-huh. on the Phillies for you to just, who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? You're, you're 10. Just switch it up, bro.
1: I, I very easily could have. And I mean, believe me, I, I think there's a part of me that, that I certainly enjoyed the Phillies. I mean, Dalton and Kruk and Dykstra. And like, I mean, again, Drew Douglas, my first friend, like he and his father were huge baseball fans and his dad mm-hmm. coached baseball. And they would bring that we'd go to Phillies games with them. And I just enjoyed the sport. Um, but I was always just true to my roots with uh, yeah. with the Yankees and Giants.
0: Yeah, I mean, you weren't short of any uh celebrations during that. They didn't let you down, so.
1: No, exactly. There were some exciting Super Bowls uh with the Giants, some unexpected Super Bowls. Um baseball was one of those things that I didn't enjoy as much at a, at a young age as I do now. Um I loved football back then and and now I'm I'm kind of the other way around. It's it's baseball first and then and then football after that.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, so
0: When you get to middle school, um, that's where like you start actually building bonds, real friendships, relationships, or start at least having a better concept of what those are.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, it was, I think they were, they had been building in the background and I just didn't realize it Mm -hmm. over time. But then when it gets to middle school, all of a sudden, every, everybody that you're playing sports with on the weekends, you're all in the same in the same school and you're all condensed. So, so their networks, you know, that they've built through their elementary schools, mine through my elementary schools, plus our sports teams, everybody comes together and it becomes this one big cluster. Um, And that's, I think where it really spreads and you can kind of find out who you are and and who are going to be your long-term friends.
0: So you're seeing kids that you, that you know from kind of all these little walks of life you've had up to this point, mainly sports, but are you in the same pods with these kids?
1: Yeah, some some yes, some no, um, and I, don't ask me what pod I was in. I don't know. I could I could get you like I could walk back into that school and be like my locker was here once I'm in the school. But pod uh, pod C sixth grade. Yeah, um, me too. Downstairs. Yeah. It was all sixth grade. Was all sixth grade downstairs.
0: No, A and B were up.
1: Everybody else was up. Right. There, we yeah. went down with. Um,
0: when it, I had it was Winneker. Mr.
1: Winneker, Mr. Schneider was there. Mr.
0: Schneider. Ralph. Valtech, Um Mrs. I and want to say a, Mrs. McCoyle.
1: Yeah, she had changed her name, right? Uh, there was I remember a, what I remember. I, I, everybody Schneider remember. was
0: seventh green.
1: Okay, so I had
0: Schneider seventh. So he was B. That was seven B. That, that was B. Also. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I didn't have falltech I would, no was Winnaker the one that had that like loft built super that, like, it's super carous. Oh my god.
0: Were you in there? Was right.
1: No, I was Falatech, I think, right okay. next door.
0: Yeah, yeah. They were right next to each other. And that trip, uh, Camp
1: Canadensis. Oh man. Yes. Great time.
0: Yeah. So you know it's funny. I always remember that trip to the Poconos because um I kayaked for the first time. <laughs> and I wore jeans. And back then I used to wear very tight jeans, Dustin. And <laughs> jeans in sixth grade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: Very- I, I I hated jeans.
0: I was I sweatpants all. <laughs> I had no and This is probably just like whatever was like. You were just ahead
1: like, of the curve, man.
0: Yeah, but I wore these to, to kayak. And I'm just like, going, oh, and I'm getting soaked. And jeans are like just sticking to my thighs. And it was just the worst fucking experience of my whole life. That was what I always thought kayaking was. And the next day, I was so sore because I was out of shape. For years, for like two decades, I was afraid to kayak.
1: So I don't, I don't know if you remember this. My dad was, he was there, he was a chaperone and he always talks about from that trip. Well, two things. He says, you got, you kids didn't sleep the entire week. But second thing was the kayaking. He said, he said there was a, it was kayaks versus canoes one day. And he's like, you they were sinking the canoes. He said, the camp, the camp got so mad because like you kids were just going crazy and the kayak like water fights, right? Taking the oars and splashing water, and the kayaks were trying to sink the canoes, and the canoes were trying to sink the kayaks. I think the kayaks came out on top, so good choice with the kayak. <laughs> I don't know if do you remember? Were you part of that? Because I don't, I don't remember that, but he tells me that story all the time.
0: No, and it was mayhem. I remember beyond my my jeans, my soaked jeans. Um, I remember going too far and not realizing there was like a waterfall or something on the other side of the lake, and they were yelling like "Come back!" and I was out with Ray. And the guy's yelling, "Come back, come back!" And we're like, "What?" And it's like the water starts running over the edge there, like on the other side. And we're like, "Holy oh,
1: shit!" <laughs> so crazy.
0: I also, my other memory of of that trip was uh, Green Day. When I come around was like the jam and the the party when that song hit in the dance, in like the big dance that we had.
1: Oh yeah, that. They put us in that. It was a big barn, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly. Yep, and really awkward experience.
0: <laughs> Why? The dance it's, aspect? Yeah,
1: I think it's just in general. Yeah, guys and girls at that age, it's it's awkward.
0: Yeah, I uh, I used to go to the the middle school dances. Um, and those were the only ones I went to, but it was, I used to like do nothing. I used to sit with like my friends up against the wall, the classic stereotype, uh, of course. And, talk to, and talk to nobody.
1: I think that's what most people aren't doing. It's, <laughs> there's a few people out there dancing, but not many.
0: In my head, everyone was dancing. Like everyone in like the, the, the forming cool kid crowd was like all dancing. Cause girls hung out with guys. They all knew each other um, anyway, and they would hang out on weekends, whatever. And um,
1: seventh and eighth grade. Yeah. Seventh and eighth grade. You're probably right. But sixth grade. No, I feel like that barn was the most awkward place
0: ever. Right. Plus I remember the flyers were in the playoffs and everyone was very concerned about that. So, um, you, so you mentioned then seventh, eighth grade, one of the things that I I talk about sometimes on a podcast, maybe a lot of times is that, I always felt like around those times, just seeing and hearing the things that I was hearing that, you know, school life seems so much more advanced than what I was living myself. And I often liken it to like what I was watching on 90210. You know, I don't know, I don't know what exactly, you know, you mentioned Drew Douglas, but I don't know what your group of friends were um, as far as what what you were kind of doing, who you were hanging out with and what you were seeing and hearing. What was, from your perspective, what was the tone
1: that's when it really started to accelerate, I think that like seventh eighth grade, where it's like, okay, people are growing up pretty quickly, um girls hanging out with guys, you know going out and hanging out weekends, trying to go to houses when parents aren't home, um you know, still hung out with the same people um I hung out at that point a lot. I don't know if you remember Eddie Waltimate, yeah, okay, so he moved in. I don't, he might've moved in in seventh grade or sixth grade or, or between sixth and seventh grade in the summer, but he moved in from Philly, lived in Corbin suites. Um, again, don't remember how I met him or, or where, but he was probably 200 yards. His house was probably 200 yards from me separated by a, a six foot wooden fence. Um, and he had, if you remember the party house, um, and, uh, of Bluebell, So I spent, I spent a lot of time over there. Um, Drew was just up the block. So he would come down. I would go hop the fence. We spent a lot of time at Eddie's. Um, Eddie, you know, started off with not a lot of people because he was new to the district, but having the party house, you make friends pretty quickly, you know? Um, And then Tara Cooper Smith lived about six houses down from Eddie. So she would have all the girls over, he would have all the guys over, and then it would just be kind of one big, big connection.
0: Is there like a learning process of what the fuck are we doing once that starts? Like, I imagine there's no, there's no warming up period to where it's like, Hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's how, here's what the goal is. Are you just like, Oh wow, we're going to start doing that. I feel like that would be my perspective. And you just kind of like, you just yeah, kind of go, go
1: the, you go with the flow, right? You just go with the flow and you follow and you learn and you, <laughs> you try to like, be like, I should do that or I shouldn't do that and make the best decisions possible. I mean, Eddie was, I think coming from the city, it's a whole different aspect, right? Coming from city to burbs. Like he was probably a, had, he had probably seen things a couple years ahead of where he should be seeing things and hearing things. And, um, you know, so it was, you, you, you you advance pretty quickly, um, those years. Um, at least I felt I did. Um, but look, I mean, it's intimidating at the same time, right? It's like, you're out hanging out, you're seeing things, people start drinking, people start, you know, doing, doing drugs and other things are going on. And you're just like, Whoa, this is intense for such a young age.
0: Yeah. Um, did you feel, some people talk talked about like not feeling like they could, not feeling like they were old enough really to kind of experience that. Were you, did you feel like more of a, a partaker? Did you feel like you were ready for that or did you feel more standoffish? What was your.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you're ever ready. I mean, whether you, whether your first experience is college or whether your first experience is seventh, eighth grade, I don't think you're ever ready. Um, I think it's just one of those things that it's going to happen when it happens. Um, I I remember being anxious and nervous about all of it. Um, but I, you know, I I was not, you know, I certainly hung out with, with a lot with with the crew, but you know, I was I'd like to think I was smart enough not to uh, not to partake or or to know my limits. Um and and look, I had at that point like school sports were a big deal for me. Um and then you start to get to high school and it's like if I get caught drinking and Get, you get kicked off the team right you sign that that damn form that the school makes you sign and if you get caught you're you're out and that that meant more to me than you know one you know the the sports team meant more to me than one party All right yeah
0: um so as you're going into high school then did you have like a crew at that do you, you know did you feel like you kind of built relationships
1: yeah of course absolutely i mean it was everything. I I thought I had a great experience. It was all, all through sports for the most part. Um, you know, I, again, it was coming into middle school. It was people from all different, all different elementaries. So the network just expands Mm. and you get to meet more people. I, I feel like, you know, I don't know what, what, what it was from outside of my group of friends, but I feel like I kind of, crossed paths and and hung out with different crowds um people that played sports people that didn't play sports people that partied on the weekends people that didn't um you know there was probably so many clicks but um I feel like I I hung out with with just kind of different different crowds I mean a lot of it was driven around the sports season you know I hate to say it like Soccer season, you're gonna hang out with the soccer team because you're okay. with each other. Yeah, you're with each other all day long, and that's what you do. And then basketball season comes around and some of your soccer buddies that you just s- spent the weekends with and sleepovers that, that goes that just immediately drops off and it turns to the basketball guys, and then it's baseball or track, you know. So it it changed, it ebbed and flowed a lot.
0: Well, you know, not only that, but I think you know, everyone's everyone kind of like is drawn to different things. So like mine just happened to be proximity to where I lived. Um, but then, you know, because I was so young, kind of having those similarities growing up with people, but your interest, you know, at a young age was sports. And so even though, like you said, you didn't even know it that you were building those relationships, you know, as you were getting into middle school and everything, but that's what your interest level was. It wasn't a proximity thing, it never really was. It was sports related. So it only makes sense that as we get older and you kind of have a free will to choose your mm-hmm. friends that you choose. And especially, you know, I, I realized this with Paige um, so much of her time. And it sounds like because you did so many sports, a lot of your time is practice and, and games yeah. and yeah. matches and meets. And so I, who else are you going <laughs> to hang out with? You know, yeah. With- I
1: mean, it, it's weekends, right. In the fall, you're, Every day, right after school, you're practicing, you go home, it, it's dark, you get home, you eat dinner, you do your homework, you go to sleep, you wake up, you see your friends in school, you repeat, repeat, weekends, you're at a tournament, you're traveling, you're, you're staying in a hotel um, with, with all the buddies that you play with, and you're playing three, four games a day, and then, you know, it just kind of goes, you go through the season, one season to the next. I I specifically remember, like, I looked at it not, not a semester as semesters. I looked at it as trimesters, right. As three sports seasons to a year and oh. you get from one, you get from one season to the next. And it's like, what am I going to do next season? And you kind of hang out with that crew for the whole season. Cause that's, that's your family for those few months.
0: So which trimester is your favorite?
1: Oh man. Summer. <laughs> <The>
0: one... <laughs> no, I, you know, that's a quadmester.
1: Oh God. That's a, it's hard to pick. I mean, Basketball was probably my favorite season.
0: Really? Yeah. Yeah. So don't probably take this my, as a slight.
1: Yep. I didn't know you played basketball. I was just going to say probably my worst sport, <laughs> but my favorite to play. <laughs> um, you know, so I, maybe it was like the smaller basketball is a smaller team. So a little more intimate setting, right? You you got, you know, 10, 12 guys on a team versus, you know, soccer upwards of 20. You know, when you get to like track, if I was running track, you got like a hundred guys on the team, you know, so a little more intimate setting. Um, just something about you know, with and too. We didn't. Our years, we didn't have a good football program. Our basketball program was was average to to good. We made the we made playoffs. The playoffs. It, it was exciting, right? Every Tuesday and Friday night, we had games. I enjoyed. We had, we hope. Coming, it, we had hope. We yeah. it was fun. It was fun, and um, yeah, we had a, you know we had a good group of guys. And and my you know again, it was all back to second grade and even earlier. I mean, my dad coached and was very involved, and um, it was just lifestyle at that point. Um, but that was, that was probably my favorite season, but again, yeah, I didn't, uh, I wasn't the standout. <laughs> I scored, I think I scored 33 points my senior year, but I'll tell you what, I took a lot of charges. I played defense.
0: <laughs> I think, uh, what do they, what do they say? You got a, uh, you've got hustle, right? That's what they say for
1: yeah, I mean, Coach uh, Coach Wilson was was the coach for my last few years, and you know, I was the scrappy point guard kind of guy. That yeah, it's like just put me on him. If if I can't guard him, I'm gonna grab his shorts. I'm gonna hang on. I'm gonna like just I'm just gonna fight and just be that guy. I'm diving on the floor for balls, and and we had a fun team. I mean, we had Evan, who was you know six nine, and and Bill Richardson and, and Drew Moyer, and just like a bunch of scrappy, you know, and and George and Earl and um, lots of talent. And then we also had like a lot of hustle and grit and scrap. Um, yeah. and then a lot of guys that like to have fun off the court. Um, you know, so got to, got to, I think that's why I enjoyed it too. Cause I hung out with a lot of those people off the court.
0: Yeah. It was, I guess, was it just an extension then of your social, of your social life? I mean, you said that you jumped around to, to a lot of different crews. Um, did you find yourself then like that frequently, from sport to sport in these different groups socially outside. Of yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause you, again, you're spending whether it's practice or meal before game or game or after, I mean, you're spending your whole time with them. So it just kind of makes sense to stick with that, that crew, you know, during that season. Um, and I, I never really thought about it. Um, but I guess if I think about it quickly now, yeah, your relationships with, you know, my relationships with Evan and Bill and Drew, who I played basketball with, probably died down in the spring and then picked back up in the winter when basketball started again. You mm-hmm. know, uh, makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um, did you work?
1: A little bit. Um, you know, again, hard, hard to work and get a job when practice. I'll, I'll never forget my first job. Do you remember the I don't know what's there now? There's there was an IHOP in Bluebell right off of 202. I uh, IHOP yeah. may still be there.
0: Across from the Double T Diner. Yes. Yeah, where the uh, the Blockbuster was and there's a supermarket in there, a giant maybe.
1: There's a giant in there. There used to be the a Blockbuster in there. Yes, across from across the
0: Burger King. Across from the
1: King. Burger King, yeah. Is the, is the IHOP still there? I think so. I think yeah. it is. I think yeah. it's, so they built that and the Muse, my neighborhood was right behind that. And that used to be an old hotel or motel. Yes. do if you remember. Yeah, 202 right. so they, Motel
0: or something mm-hmm. like that.
1: And that was there for a while, and it was yeah. pretty seedy. And they yeah it looked they like the base motel. It was pretty seedy. I mean, I I'm sure it was. Um, but they built this new strip center. They put an IHOP. They put the Giant in. And so I was like, oh, this is the coolest thing ever. I can walk to work. I'm gonna go work at the IHOP. I I work the training yada, yada, yada. I get hired as a dishwasher and I do the one test run day that they're going to basically allow people to come in and eat for free. And we serve them and yeah. And act like it's a normal day. Uh, and then the second shift I was scheduled for, I had a basketball game and my boss basically, I asked him if I could switch or change. And he said, no. So I had to make a choice and I chose, chose the basketball game. Um, So I worked for one day at IHOP Um, and then um, that was, I had to be eighth grade. And then freshman year, we moved over to uh, Bluebell Country Club. Mm -hmm. So my parents moved uh, and I obviously had to go with them. Um, So we went over to Bluebell Country Club and again, new neighborhood, so kind of new, new group, new ecosystem there, and much bigger neighborhood, right? It was all new to me. I, I don't think there were as many kids there, um, but I worked. Um, the great thing about that place was they had the, the restaurant right there. Uh, wow. So I ended up working at the restaurant, which was okay. cool.
0: Yeah. That's funny. Have, I, you, have you worked Have you
1: worked in a restaurant?
0: Uh, I did one day. So I worked at two places, McDonald's and Wawa. Those okay. were like the two places through school that I worked. But uh I guess right before the end of senior year for one day, I took a job at the ground round. What? Remember the ground round was in Montgomery, in, Montgomeryville. Was, it, was that the place where kids
1: basically paid for their, there was there, you had to get weighed.
0: That sounds right. Yep.
1: Okay. I remember the ground round. Great yeah. spot. Great
0: and spot. I worked there for one day. <laughs> and they took me in the back. It was like I was dishwashing. And I just thought it was so fucking gross. And I never worked in the kitchen. My only my experiences was McDonald's and Wawa. So I wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I I'd just never been in the kitchen. And I remember using the dishwasher thing. And you know, it's got preloaded soap, but I'm used to washing dishes and I see no soap because it's all fed in through tubes. And I'm just like, this is fucking nasty. And then the the guy that's showing me how to do stuff, he's like, yeah. Then you also make the garlic bread. So he's like, goes from like taking these dirty dishes and shoving them in the dishwasher and closing it, and then he just goes over and bare claws this like loaf of bread, and he just like <laughs> you slather the garlic butter on like this, and then you put it in the oven. And I'm just like, I can't do this. This is nasty. And I go to the guy and I go, hey, listen, I, I just want to go home. You don't even have to pay me. I just want to leave. I don't. I, you just please take the job from me. <laughs> it was terrible. And One I, day I was with another guy and he felt the exact same way and but he asked if he could be like a host or something like that. So I think he stayed, but I called my mom to have her pick me up.
1: Yeah, the back end of a the back house of a restaurant is a crazy place.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um it's funny cuz years later I did some of that, but like uh at at 17 or whatever, I just couldn't I couldn't do it.
1: But I mean, I guess, as you know, or have heard, right, like working at a restaurant, too, it's the same thing. It's the people from the restaurant, you work together and then they hang out and they go drink after. That's just kind of what you do. Um, So then I had that whole like once I started working, you know, I was hanging out with the work crew as well. And that was obviously people, you know, some were in college, some were older, some were Mm. different schools um, and just kind of expanded the network there.
0: When you have friends like that, does that. Um, does that change your perspective on high school or are you too young to even notice that, you know, like in high school, you can kind of like be in a bubble, but I find that especially when you're young, you kind of have these moments where you kind of come out of them. Maybe I don't want to say feeling like you're better than the bubble, but mm-hmm. you, you, you look at things, and you just go, Oh, I hang out with these people who are, you know, 19 um or you know and you and you kind of look at things and you just go oh the world's a little bit bigger does that hit you at all when you have that experience
1: yeah i think you just don't appreciate what's in the bubble as much or you don't care about it cuz you know like you said the world is bigger and there's lots of bubbles out there and then you know once you start you know getting to older an older age if you start hanging out with anyone in college you're like holy shit if you've ever had a college experience i remember going up with evan actually evan wallace to his his cousin went to cornell and i remember going up there probably sophomore year or junior year high school and experiencing that my first like college life and i'm like wow this is insane <laughs> right and then knowing working with someone in a restaurant that went to delaware which is where i ended up going and starting to kind of experience outside of the bubble right and it's like okay i've got my a and sports crew. I'm really old, but I, but I know now I'm starting to know I'm only here for another year and then I'm gone right. and then who knows where I'm going to be. Um, so yeah, it's a good point. I, I haven't really thought about it until you just brought it up, but
0: it makes sense. Well, you know, it's with, in my situation, I don't think I knew a lot of older people in high school. Um, at least not people like college age. It was, you know, either you were like 30 plus or you were my age or younger. And especially when I first started working at Wawa, when I was when I was in high school, um, there were no college age kids that really worked there. There were people who were, you know, maybe college age, but they didn't go to college. They were local, just people local from the the neighborhood of of Ambler, Lower Wented, whatever. So I never really got like stories. I didn't go to. I wasn't invited to. Again, I, I have this thing about being invited to parties, but I didn't. I wasn't going to colleges. Uh, right. To see that so when I talk about like my experiences being stuff I would see on TV, it's because it was the only thing that I could see that was anything like that. But you were actually getting to see some things with your actual, with your own eyes.
1: Yeah. A little bit. Which Wawa were you at? We got the one right on right around the corner from the high school.
0: Yeah. Yeah. On. I, f- I feel like
1: I remember that.
0: Yeah. That, I was there from yeah. like 16 to graduation.
1: Really? I feel like I remember that now.
0: Dude, I worked for Wawa for, like, almost a decade. Holy shit.
1: <laughs> I mean, that place, uh, there were many uh, pregame meals at that Wawa, right? Because you could walk over there. Um, yeah, it
0: was great, man. And, and great that's spot. when they actually sliced me. Much
1: better sandwiches back then. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they yeah, were like. I don't. It's funny. I mean, it, it, I don't have any here where I am. So I still, every time I'm back home or in Jersey somewhere, I'm like, oh, Wawa, got to stop. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's not nearly the same.
0: No, but I used to love going and getting like a classic hoagie. When you, when you would come into the cafeteria with the Wawa, like you stopped at Wawa before oh, yeah. and I would get the big slam. Cause I don't drink like coffee. I don't drink like tea. I know people love to bring in the, the Wawa iced tea, but if you came in with like, oh, I stopped at Wawa before, like you were the man or the girl. Yep. Yep. You were balling. <laughs>
1: Even at even when I went to Delaware, I mean, I, it was one of those weird things. We had a Wawa there and there was a lot of people from New York and people. I was like the Wawa king. I'm like, we got to go to Wawa. And everyone's like, what's your obsession with Wawa? I'm like, because New Yorkers don't know. Um, did you work in the deli or were you behind? You were behind the cash register,
0: right? Both, both, both. You did both? Uh, so you, yeah. You can't slice. I want to say you might not be able to slice until you're 18. 18. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So I, I did mainly the register but I could, you know, I can make sandwiches and all that, uh, man, I did everything at Wawa, <laughs> but once, uh, once I graduated high school and I was in college, I started going to the beach in the summers in between, okay. uh, in between, uh, semesters. Um, and so then I would just start doing like, that's when I like did the whole gamut of, of everything at Wawa slicing, uh, you know, just like add, or like I don't even know what you call it, like janitorial, like, you know, coolers and, and mopping and trash yeah. compactors in like these 120 degree sheds, uh, just coffee bar. Coffee bar was like a thing because beach wah are so crowded. Which uh, beach? Uh, so I did Ocean City for two years, okay. New Jersey, and Summers Point, New Jersey for a yeah. summer, and then Sea Isle for a summer.
1: Oh wow, that's awesome!
0: Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Those
1: those wallops must get crazy on a Friday or you know beach traffic.
0: My first time ever doing Sea Isle was graduate after graduation of college, so this was like '06, and my boss called me. I would always go to whatever store my boss was at, and he would he calls me and says, "Hey." Do you want to start Memorial Day weekend? I'm like, yeah, perfect. That's great. Like, let's start getting paid. I can get down there before and get set up. And he goes, great. So, we're all going to work the overnight shift because it's crazy. And I need all the managers. He goes, do you want to work that with us? And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to work like my first week with people I don't know. I want to work with you. Yeah, I'm on yeah. overnight. Sure. Dude, it was the wildest thing I'd ever seen in my life. I'm talking people throwing (laughs) bricks through the fucking windows, (laughs) slapping their ass into the trunks of people's cars and leaving like dents in their in their hatchbacks. It was people pulling the shrubbery out of out of the wood chips in the parking lot. We had to shut down at like one thirty two o'clock in the in the morning because it was just too crazy and we couldn't handle the post bar traffic. So we just start shutting down and we'd reopen at like 5 a.m. Oh my goodness. It was crazy, (laughs) but it was fun. You know, you can only do that stuff when you're young.
1: Yeah. I mean, God, that's wild to see it from that side I mean, I think of all the nights college or post-college were stumbling into a convenience store, trying to order food and the, the poor cashier or person there helping is like what are you doing you knucklehead get out of here go home and go to sleep
0: <laughs> yeah it's funny wawa really is like a cultural uh, accompaniment to our our childhood
1: yeah now it's it's just so different the super Bowl. i mean i went to the one in C- center square right there on on uh 202 and 73 the, yeah. now which is now like a well, they have the big, big one that they built, but it was like, it's now like a Dunk, uh, Dunkin' Donuts or a gas station or something on the corner there.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah one Canada
1: of the original, or yeah, one of the original ones. And it's just now they're so corporate. It's
0: yeah. not the same experience. Not at all, not at all. Yeah. Uh, I went yeah. corporate for a little bit for like uh, a year and a half. I worked in the corporate office, which was like wild shit. Like that was the, that's the final thing I did after college. Yeah. Um, but that was like, yeah. It was, it was a nice little run. I'll tell you, they take good care of employees there. Uh, part good. I mean, I mean the, yeah.
1: they got a great business going. I'm in, so I'm in the consumer packaged goods industry now. So Wawa is like the iconic convenience store chain mm-hmm. for brands to get into. Right. I'm, I'm in beverage now, but whether it's a beverage or snack or, or whatever kind of consumer packaged good product that if you talk a convenience chain, it's like seven 11, obviously. Cause it, 10,000 stores, but but it's Wawa, right? It's like, yeah. and uh, I think early on, like Wawa just didn't know and didn't like have that ego. And then they quickly realized that they were uh, super important to everybody and uh, and
0: started acting that way. Sometimes they still think they don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, they've held pretty true to their roots with like not expanding nationally, right? Like, knowing where they're good where the core market is and and investing in those areas and good for them
0: yeah 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 I mean, if anyone if I could ever get a dream like that to, to build and make it last for 50 60 years you know from the tiniest little bit of a of an inkling of an idea to this big massive cultural phenomenon
1: yeah where was the first Wow? Uh, I was
0: f- the- I I f- think I think it was in Wawa PA, but I, I'm, I'm not sure, but that sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know this, that I'm, I claim to be Mr. Wawa, but. You worked at corporate. Come on. I know. Isn't that in the was, training? I, I yeah, They do. They really do. Um, I think it was like up the road from the headquarters, which is the red roof in Wawa PA, like Baltimore Pike. Okay. I feel like it was.
1: Yeah, I've never, I've never been there. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I feel like it was. I it, used, it used to be like a, um, it was just like a milk spot for a while. Uh, it used to be a, mm-hmm. a dude in a wagon selling milk. And then he had a little post store uh, and then they just started adding more and more stuff. So crazy. Yeah. It's wow. wild. That
1: can start like that and then turn into where it is now.
0: I know, especially cause like, well, I don't know though, because I, I actually liked the lunches at school. So I didn't have, it wasn't like um, I was never like, Oh, this shit is gross unless they had like hot open face Turkey. I wasn't in with that, but
1: <laughs> I eat everything. We were talking about lunches the other night. Cause it's like, I feel like I'm um, I'm looking at the, the kid's school menu every day. Like, are you buying, are you bringing, are you buying? And uh, I was talking about the, the big pretzels with the cheese and the bit, the chocolate chip cookies and nice. then dominoes. Like everyone's like, you had dominoes in high school. I mean, lots of people were envious of that. Um, so that yeah, every, day, right? every day, I think, and not in high school. And I don't remember middle school, it was maybe Friday. on Fridays, yeah. Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Domino's every day. Come on.
0: Yeah. It was like, uh, like two slices for five bucks.
1: It was, I don't remember the prices, but it was delicious. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. The pretzels with the cheese, you put the cheese, in all, uh, the cookies when they're, when they're fucking warm. My top lunch there was the Texas Tommy. I don't remember that. Oh, the Texas Tommy is the hot dog with the bacon and the cheese.
1: Whoa. You don't remember this? No, I mean, I know the hot dog, bacon and cheese, right? You cut, I don't know, it was called the Texas Tommy.
0: Oh yeah, the Texas Tommy. That was the top one for me.
1: I would. I was like big, my parents were like, you're not buying, you're bringing lunch. Um, so they wouldn't send me with money, but I think you had Sean McNamara on the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he and I, uh, it, it, I don't think it went on for long, but he was going out and before school, he was picking up somewhere in Ambler. I don't know where he went, but he would buy those big pixie sticks. He'd buy a bunch of lollipops and then we'd sell them in school. So I'd, I'd sell enough to make eight, 10 bucks a day by selling 25 cent lollipops. And, and then I'd buy a pretzel and cookie and two for five slices. And uh, I'd throw out the lunch that that I had packed or that my mom had made. And I feel terrible. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this, but <laughs> um Yeah, we were, and we got shut down pretty quickly. I mean, we had, we had one class together. I remember he would bring his backpack. We'd divvy up the stuff and then we'd go and we'd sell all morning long to pay for lunch. And at one point it got ridiculous. We're buying stuff for the table and I think it got shut down pretty quickly. Uh, They were like, you can't, you can't sell candy. Like we're not selling drugs, but.
0: That's awesome. He probably went to the newsstand in Ambler.
1: I think that's what it was. Remember those monster pixie sticks?
0: Yeah, 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 like that thick. Yeah, the
1: thick, tall ones. Yeah, and then the, <laughs> I don't remember the lollipops, but I remember the, the lollipops being a hit. Um, yeah, we were we were you know little entrepreneurs back then. <laughs>
0: I feel like it, a lot of times people would try and do stuff like that, and you'd hear about it for like six days, and then it would it would get shut down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think we, I think we lasted a while. We all look again, I wasn't, we weren't trying to make enough money to take any money home. It was literally just so we could buy pretzels and pizza and, and uh, enough food for, for the friends at the table.
0: (laughs) Did you, besides, besides that caper, did you ever get in any trouble through school? Were you any behavioral issues for you?
1: Not really. Um, Nothing major. Yeah, nothing exciting to share <laughs> there. I mean, you know, little, little bumps in the road here and there sometimes, you know, I, it was always talk back and, you know, try to, try to rebel a little bit, but I, again, it was like, my parents were pretty involved in what I was doing and pretty in the know. And I was still pretty afraid of them coming down on me if I ever got in trouble. And then it was always the sports things too. Right. And your coaches are in the schools, right? So you get caught doing something, your teachers are the coaches and they all talk and it gets back to the sports and then you get punished there. And that's, I did not want to get punished, you know, and lose playing time because I was getting in trouble in school.
0: I asked Paige about kind of like filling, filling the slots, you know, feeling like she had to punch a puncher card for every free time. Did you feel like that? I mean, you played sports all three, all three seasons. Did you ever, you know, was there, was there a reason? I mean, did you just, was on,
1: she was on another level. I feel like her, like she was like, Super dedicated. Right. She probably was a lot busier
0: than I was. I was, well, she was doing, but she was doing all, she was doing sports like from this season to that season, that season. And, you know, I did musicals. So for me, like Mm -hmm. that was just spring. So that was January through March. And that would be, you know, till seven o'clock every night you'd have rehearsal. Um, and that was a lot enough that I didn't want to do it in the fall or the winter. Um, So for you, I mean, I mean, some people are just built that way and some people would just like doing it, especially if it's something like doing, you don't mind giving the time, but you are giving like your, your nights and your weekends all throughout the school year where a lot of kids are just hanging out or, you know, worrying about studying or going to bed at 11 o'clock.
1: Yeah. And I think, I mean, did I enjoy every practice? No. Did I enjoy like running and running sprints? No. But like looking back on it, it, it kept me out of trouble and it helped, it helped me with school because like, I was very structured. I knew that I only had a set amount of time. Like I wasn't hanging out with friends on the weekdays. It was practice, go home, eat dinner, do my homework. I was hanging out on the weekends maybe, or in the summertime. Um, But I think also like, you know, for me, sports was also like a social type experience I was good enough to be on the teams but I wasn't you know that superstar that was so dedicated to the game that I felt like I couldn't check out and experience the social life that that you should in high school
0: you could Um, use some of the pressure
1: yeah I certainly didn't have I didn't have any pressure Um, you know I got injured playing soccer junior year tore up my knee and then I was kind of just like floating through that. And then basketball, um, you know, I took that more seriously, but then track in the spring, that's a social sport. I didn't, I was kind of just doing that to keep in shape. So that was, that was not a big deal to me. I I was kind of just there for the social, uh, experience of it all.
0: Was soccer your your best sport?
1: Probably at a younger age. Yeah. And then just, you know, a couple injuries and not being as passionate about it as I could have, you know, I didn't, And I didn't want to stick to one sport. I, I I played a few different ones and I like to try different things and hang out with different crews. So, um, you know, certain people always said, Oh, you should stick to baseball or stick to soccer. you will be much better and and focus on it. Maybe you can play in college, but I didn't care about that. I knew I wasn't going to the next level. So it was more just like doing it to have fun, doing it for the experience, the teamwork, the camaraderie. I think it taught me a lot in life of like, you know, carries over to the, to the to my career with working with teams and working with people, and and how to and how to do that.
0: You know, like motorcycles driving by here.
1: <laughs> it's warm out tonight, right? We got yeah, the windows open.
0: And I'm like two blocks from Pat's Steak, so it's like a, a classic, you know, bike hooked I, up.
1: Yeah, they people are getting me. hungry at the second oh. dinner, second dinner time.
0: Especially the warmer it gets now, people don't give a shit about COVID. They're just like out there hanging out outside of oh, Pat's yeah. and Gino's on their bikes, just chilling. It's like a Will Smith music video.
1: How, We are a block away?
0: About two blocks, yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember one of your, your episodes talking about the Italian market trip, um, freshman year, that was
0: some trip. So you went to that, cause I didn't go, ironically. You didn't go. I didn't go, I took, uh, it was right before spring break and I took spring break, I was going out of town to visit family in California. So we left before the, before the trip. So I never Uh, went.
1: Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Yes. I went and I, it's probably my first experience in South Philly. (laughs) I think, um, it was a great
0: trip. Mr. Lazar,
1: Mr. Lazar. Um, yeah. What the hell? I don't, I, you may have talked about this already, but I remember the chickens and people smuggling the chickens back onto the bus.
0: Yeah. We got confirmation. I think Nick Nasopko.
1: It was definitely Nick Nasopko.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. was a a chicken guy.
1: I think he got it back too with,
0: without, without,
1: without being caught.
0: Yeah. 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 Pretty
1: Pretty impressive.
0: Um, did you have any connection after that? I mean, that was ninth grade, but as you're getting older, were you type of kid that like would come down to the city? I know again, free time wasn't really your thing, but did you have any type of connection down here? A
1: little bit. Um, Eddie, so Eddie's family owned Ralph's Ralph's, restaurant. Really?
0: Yeah. So, Oh, that's down the street here.
1: Exactly. And then, and then actually, Oh, it was after senior, but he, his, his family also had a bakery, Rockland bakery. Um, and they had a distribution center, um, in Philly. So I would work in the bakery and drive the bread trucks um, but we would, yeah, we'd meet at his grandmother's house. It was a night shift job. So we'd meet at his grandmother's house. We'd eat at Ralph's and we'd go to work. Um, uh, but yeah, so I had a connection to the kind of like that area. His grandmother was on, um, let's say 17th and Catherine. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few times, not, not too often, again, not a lot of free time to, to get to the city. And there was, yeah. you know, then there's a, a couple of those nights where you go to the, what were the 16 and over clubs? Uh, oh. uh, what was it a like- big one. Sham- shampoo and yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Z Z1- one, not Z one hundred. What was Q? What's it? Q one hundred and two always had their nights there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So other than other than that, no.
0: I think uh, like Heather and 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 Alicia. Um, when I talked to them, and I think Alicia mentioned in the reunion, like going to shampoo and the foam parties. <laughs> and- <laughs> Ridiculous.
1: There was another big one. I can't remember the name of it.
0: Was it Egypt? Maybe egypt on the waterfront
1: i remember that i don't know if i've been there but there was another there was maybe it was shampoo I, it wasn't a regular occurrence for me but some people
0: mentioned, people mentioned people mentioned they're big fans of the cave was it there
1: <laughs> yeah oh yeah that i worked there
0: <laughs> i used to tell i used to tell people that at wawa i would tell the old hilarious i would tell the older women i would say uh they go or oh, cause you know, we were all regulars there and I had a whole crew that worked there. Like you said, like that camaraderie of, of yeah. a job like that, you know, retail was very much the same where you, you hang out, you talk about your whole life and then you go drink or whatever all afterwards. And so we, we'd always just run these, these jokes on, on customers and like, Oh, well, we see you guys tomorrow. I'm like, Oh no, I'm not here on Thursdays. That's when I'm over at the cave. And they'd be like, the cave? like oh yeah, I'm at the cave. And then your buddies just go like, Yo, you should see him do his dance, man. He does his thing to shoot by salt and pepper. You gotta see it. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's ridiculous. God, the cave that place can't still be open.
0: No, no, no. They're done. They're they're closed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, it's been a it's been a while. I don't. I haven't been in Philly in jeez, five years. I mean, really? I've been in the I've been in the burbs, but I haven't been downtown.
0: Probably about five. Yeah. Oh boy. It would probably blow your mind. They've just done so much building up. Um, restaurants especially are so huge. Now I think it's one of the, I mean, you're in New York, but I, I think Philly is, is maybe the rogue number one, where if you don't want yeah. to come to, you know, the size and, and the density people pick Philadelphia because it has a lot of unique uh, cultural spots. And especially a lot of things with like the internet, a lot of things they get on those big viral hits like bar stool and, eatery or or whatever and they'll come through philadelphia a lot of really old historical places um they're big on pizza now they're big with um mexican food is really huge so
1: yeah we last time i was there i remember being like very pleased with Hotel and everything being walkable and a bunch of restaurants and bars. It was it was awesome. And I mean, I remember growing up, it was like you don't really go hang out in Philly. It was not the safest place. Not outside. Um. So they they seem to have done a pretty good job cleaning it up.
0: Yeah, yeah. You don't go outside when you're in Philly. That's for sure. You go <laughs> like straight to where you where you want to go, and then yeah. But you yeah, know yeah. now it's like you know gentrified, I guess is the term. But yeah, very walkable. A lot of the place. there's still some parts you should you should not you know hang out and leisure in, mm-hmm. but um. That's why I love where I am because it's it's easy to get to like a lot of parts, you know, of Philadelphia within a, a 30 minute walk if it's a great day. So Yeah, that's awesome. Good stuff. What uh what kind of student were you in high school?
1: I was always one of those that, you know, fortunately could could get by. I didn't I certainly didn't put the time in, you know, if I could go back and do it again, I'd maybe put a little more time in to the to my studies. Um, just knowing how valuable things that you learn at that age can be. Um, but I was lucky, lucky enough to to understand and learn pretty quickly and do enough just to get by. <laughs> and, and you know, I'd say a B student, um, but I could get I could get I knew wh- who gave out the easy A's and I knew how to get the easy A's um who gave out the easy a's so i was think trying to think of it i mean who was the english teacher that everybody took that was the easiest curcio curcio yeah that was probably the
0: easiest i've ever gotten i feel horrible that i that that's his reputation i
1: <laughs> i mean that's got to be everybody's experience did he i did anyone get to be in his
0: class i, I don't think i, I had him i had him for block scheduling actually
1: he at one i i remember like he would treat everybody. I mean, he was pretty, I thought at the time he was like really nice to everybody. Right. He didn't really have like favorites, but you know, he'd be like, Oh, you got a game today. You can go sit in the beanbag chair and hang out, like read a go read a book over there. And I, I'll never forget. Like one day I told him something silly. Like, I'm like, Oh, we had turn turn back. The clocks was the other day. And you, you didn't adjust your clock. He's like, ah, extra credit, 10 points, extra credit. Boom. I'm like what? <laughs> like come on. the guy was just too nice to be a high school teacher.
0: You know, it's funny. He was, he was, he's probably the most creative teacher I've ever had. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, inspired creativity, mm-hmm. you know, he's, I, I think I mentioned this in pages in pages podcast last, last episode, but he's like where I mapped out what I like career wise, like he had some, like, what do you want to do? And, I, and that's where I said, I wanted to work for SNL. I wanted to work for Dennis Miller live. I wanted to, I wanted to be on the Howard Stern show. Like that was my career trajectory when I was in 11th grade of what I wanted to do. And like, I, you know, not those things specifically, but done little aspects of like, of writing television, of radio, of video, uh, you know what I mean? Like he puts you on that, that puts your mind on that path. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I can remember, I can remember not reading catcher in the rye. I was like, this is like, culturally, culturally biased. I'm sure it wasn't a word I used, but I was just like, this bores me. I am not reading this old book. And so he says, well, then you've got to write a 20 page report on any topic. And I go, any topic he goes, yes, any topic, but you've got to write it by tomorrow or else I'll give you an F and this will be your grade for the catcher in the rye project. So I write a report on the history of the WWE title, WWF title at the time. Literally, yeah. just like how every guy won the title, who they beat, what the storyline was, gave me a fucking hundred percent A on this project. Like I worked all night on it. but Of course he, he did. He, but... he was like that's never happened where you just don't do the assignment. So he says, well, you just have to do another assignment. And
1: he's that kind of guy. I mean, I remember that being an easy A. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think. I... I got it. I got enough A's, I think, but like more B's just enough to get by. Uh, You're maybe the
0: first person I've heard say that. Really? Yeah. In that, in that way, I think people either say like, oh, you know, they were a pretty good student or they, you know, they were just good at studying or um, I think I didn't just enough to get by. I think I struggled at times with, with B's. I think it was probably more of a B minus C student. Like mm-hmm. except for math, math, I was, I was fine. And everything else was always a crapshoot. Um, but yeah, I don't think yeah. anyone's ever said like they did just enough to get by B student.
1: Yeah. you know, and it's probably similar to like sports. Like I was playing on the team, but I wasn't the superstar athlete, but I was not on the bench either. I was on the court. Um, so good or, good or bad. I mean, I was just, Again, when I'm in, when I was there in high school, I wasn't there. I, I was there for the social aspect. I, that's what was important to me. Um, sports were important. School was kind of that, the last reason for being there in my mind, if I could go back into do it again, maybe I'd pay a little more attention, but um, yeah, you know, I think you, I think everything you learn there, whether it's, you know, the, the studies, whatever you learn in the textbook or from social aspect or, or team building aspect, it's, it's all important in its own way equally. Did you date in high school? Not really. A little bit off and on. Um, nobody really from Wissahickon. A couple, like, from, from different schools, private schools, people I'd met through, like, working at the restaurants. Um, not a ton. A lot of wow. friends, but no, like, significant girlfriend. Yeah.
0: So then what for you, like socially, what would be, you know, a lot of people and I don't, know, I guess since you bounced around, did you consider, I I don't think a lot of people consider themselves in that, but did you think of yourself kind of in like a click? I know you bounced around, but you know, the popular kid crew, and I say this because I, I honestly yeah. don't know, but when I look at your yearbook, some of the people I, I recognize as maybe like would be cool kid, probably more so soccer, just more soccer players than anything else, but the Cool Kid Crew was very big because of so many different people. Were you even conscious of that when you think back? Do you think of yourself in any type of a clique?
1: I think like what you just said; it was a big group, a big group because there was so much crossover. I mean, my my group, the core of my group, was always like the team that I was on that season, but it extended. It extended to. My neighbors, it extended to um, you know, I I tried, maybe I wasn't at the time, but like I, I think I was pretty friendly with everybody that I came across. I mean, I'm sure I had my run-ins of people I had disagreements with and um but you know, I think I crossed over between a few different groups and cliques and 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 ages. I, I hung out with, with a few older people um who who I had known from working at the restaurant and then I hung out with a few younger people, like from, from track that, you know, combines different sports that combine different ages. So, I mean, for me looking out, no, I don't think I had a click, but maybe from the outside looking in, maybe someone did think I was in a sports click or something else. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think what we'll have to see at the end, when I go through the yearbook and, and look at the, we'll look at the initials, um, I think, yeah, I think when I think, I think track and soccer, like that was just like kind of the, the names that I I was, you know, that, that spring up.
1: Yeah. It's funny. I mean, it, I mean, mine and mine changed. Like I didn't have the, I hung out with the same people, but I think over high school it changed. Like, you know, some of the people like drew and some of the people that I was friends with earlier, you know, I wasn't as friendly with later on in high school. I mean, I just based on changing relationships, developing relationships, different sports where those people weren't involved in. um, Yeah. I I don't know.
0: Did you ever think about that? So, you know, one of the biggest feelings about that, I think I always gnawed on before starting the podcast was, you know, thinking back to prior relationships and it it was a much younger age in high school, of course, but, you know, the whole idea of your, you could be friends with people, during, you know, these two years or this bit of time. And then you kind of go on and live the rest of your life, not having that connection at all, not for any reason, but it just stops. I don't know. And I think I have this curse now where like once I'm friends with someone, unless something happens, I always try and keep in touch and I try and always stay friendly. And um, maybe maybe that's that can be exhausting at times, but I don't know. I just, I just like to keep people in my life And I think a lot of that goes to that feeling back then of like, oh, we're we're not friends anymore. We're we're doing something that you're in a different sport. I'm in a different sport. We're in a different pod where you just hang out with other people or whatever. Like I always had a problem with that. Were you aware of that happening?
1: No, because I, I never said we're not friends, right? I always considered myself friends because if you go, if you see them or you go over to their house or you're at a party, like you pick up right where you left off. It's just that you grow apart right? And, and it's the same thing when you go off to college. Um, if you don't see that person for a, a lot of time, you grow apart. Yeah, you go back for Thanksgiving, you go home, you see everybody at the bar, you pick you pick up right where you left off. But but that time between, you may not have called or texted or, or really even thought about the other person because you're kind of living living your life and you're so busy with life.
0: So it's interesting you put it like that because you say, cause that is exactly what I consider friends. You have to see that person. You have to go to their house. I didn't have people outside of my small group whose houses I went to outside of like maybe once every year I had like mm-hmm. one kid, Sean Higgins, Justin Duffner, who would be like a new friend. But outside of that, they were literally just people in school that I had classes or, you know, whatever with that I talked to. But, and that's why this is, we weren't friends in high school. Whether we had some sort of a beef, or you know, we had homeroom together. If we didn't hang out outside of school in each other's houses or know each other's parents, I didn't consider it. Of I didn't consider it friends. It was an acquaintance. That's we, interesting. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, um, you were actually seeing these people outside of school at their houses because your groups kind of were very wide.
1: Yeah, but on the on the flip side to your to your point, I mean, I can I had some friends that I had never been to their house. Ah. Um, maybe I eventually did as the, as the relationship develops, but I would, you know, consider them a friend from the start, you know, at, you know, after hanging out, whether it's just in school or just at sports or just at a club, something like that. It, you know, I think maybe I use the term loosely, um, at times, but it's always good to, you know, I think have as many friends as possible, especially at that age. It's just like, you want to be friends with everybody um, and try and try to fit in. So see, that's my um, handicap.
0: Dustin, is that, is
1: that I think you, I- yeah, I you're limiting yourself too much, defining it to just like being, you had to go to the person's house. It's
0: yeah. Well, you know what? It was the feeling that I wasn't right. I mean, if you listen to podcasts, you know, that I have this complex that I felt like I was disliked or, um, noticed in negative ways by so many people. I just felt like I had so many clashes and interactions with yeah. groups that, that, Cast it a negative light, and so I just never thought that I would be invited into those type of things beyond just me. And, and I do think some of it was because I took it so personal, too personal. And I think I still do this, and I think that those feelings remain. So if we had a if we had a, a problem two weeks ago in a class, I'm thinking that's it. That's my that's my stone cold relationship with that person how it was two weeks ago. Whereas that person may not ever think about that again. Yep. But I, the next time I interact with that person, I'm keeping that same energy. They like, it's like Twitter. I just keep (laughs) that same energy when you see me. I kept that same energy in the next period, right? If it was fuck me in second period on Tuesday, it's still, it's fuck you in eighth period next Wednesday. And And carried it with you. Yes. Yes. And I just thought that's what you were supposed to do. I thought that was the mentality that I had to have. I, And I just took it much more personally and I never, obviously I'm doing this podcast where I'm playing out these random fucking memories. I didn't forget stuff, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, and I think that affected my ability to get over like these, these caricatures or these stereotypes or these 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 kind of restrictions, these social restrictions, that guy said, fuck me last week. I'm not in that crew. I can never talk to that person or his friend or his friend or his friend. Yep right yep. like the line's been drawn hey scott ray you know what he this guy said to me yo we're done with that whole crew fuck that whole crew you know like that's that was the the mentality and it is very like tv show movie like you know that's like how click that's why clicks exist
1: because you'd be it's like your click stays together and everyone else's if they one person in that click said, fuck you, then you can't be friends with anyone there. And I mean, I, I try not to, not to follow that even, even today. I mean, I try to, I try to just move on and forget about stuff and things happen and arguments happen, disagreements happen and you just move on and whatever. I mean, can't be friends with everybody, but I try to it's like, just make the best out of it and be friends with as many people as possible, at least friendly to them, you know, um so that's interesting. Yeah, you define it. You define the friendship much different, I guess. Uh,
0: that's my that's my curse.
1: Are you still close to a bunch to a bunch of people
0: from high school? Um I'm not as I mean I'm I'm I still talk to like I talk to George Bereka a lot still. Mm-hmm. But then like I have like a a good group of or I have like a good group of people from the podcast now that, that I've been doing this for yeah. a year that I talk to pretty regularly. Um, and, and, you know, get to see and hang out. It's a weird thing in in this world where, you know, we're somewhat quarantined where I've been able to kind of, I don't know, like meet this new group of friends or introduce this new group of friends into my, that are actual friends where we do hang out and, you know, into my life. uh, You
1: go to their house though?
0: they will come over so i, I hung out okay, with. okay so it counts it counts yeah, yeah yeah all right i hung out with brandon McQuaid uh, this past weekend we actually awesome. you know hung out um so you still have do you still
1: have the same definition as you did like that you have to go to each other's house to be friends
0: you've got to be you got to be social you have to do things okay that, yeah you have to actually do social things it's got to be beyond facebook got it oh of
1: course of course
0: but I, I do i i have your mentality now of like the more friends the better um especially being you know i'm you know, still single. And so the more friends, the more different avenues and people have things in their life. I can't expect them to all, you know, cater to me in my freeform life, but the more different avenues I have to keep myself entertained or supported or um, be there for other people. I let, you know, just like being a good friend, the better I, I definitely feel now as an adult.
1: Yeah. And it's like, you're obviously not going to be able to hang out with everybody that you're friends with all the time or talk to or text or even wish happy birthday, but it's just your network, right? It's people that are, that you've been friendly with so that if you need something and you know, I know some, you know, you're coming to New York and you want a restaurant recommendation. Well, Hey, shoot a text, right? If I'm coming to Philly now, I know, right? Like, are we friends? Like, were we hanging out on socially? No, but, it's a, it's a networking thing where we're all connected somehow and we, we help each other out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, do you want to make a drink refill? Yes. <laughs> I, I'll do a bad.
1: My bar is not right next to me. <laughs> I'm down, I'm down to one olive. So I'm,
0: you got it. We'll pause. When you were in school, did you have, um, like a music act band artist? I,
1: i play oh who i liked yeah 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 oh i thought you meant was i into music so i was saying i played i was in the band at a young age like played trumpet and i was in band for a couple years but i didn't continue on through middle school um i was man i was so i grew up like michael jackson i loved from a very young age um my mom always listened to him and i mean i forget the radio stations but a lot of like the
0: kind of pop music um Eagle One. want us oh in new york
1: yeah and then it, Kiss. uh no 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 in in, in philly
0: oh eagle one like six. soft b101
1: b101 absolutely Star soft, soft, soft
0: rock pop yeah b101 star 104.5 <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah, lot of,
1: yeah, that a lot of yeah
0: that was a lot of the older nine. stuff magic one magic 102.9 that? that's, that's still around 0.5 uh 1029 is like some sort of a classic ride wmgk okay. mgk okay. Yeah.
1: yeah Mike so Michael for like from an early age was awesome I mean I did it I, I remember when I was really young doing a talent show where I did a dance to bad and you know I couldn't moonwalk I could do maybe like a half of one of his moves but um I you know it felt cool trying um so Michael I loved but like That was younger. And then growing up, I mean Green Day when when that album came out, that was huge. Um Dookie. I liked I like, yeah, Dookie was great. I liked the variety. That was probably my first CD I owned. Mm. Um I liked the variety of music. I mean, I listened with my dad, I was listening to like Zeppelin and Fleetwood Mac and a lot of the like 70s type classic rock. Um, but then with my friends, it was um, you know, Green Day and the alternative stuff, and then it kind of turned into more hip hop. Um, uh, yeah, so but again, it, I, I wasn't that into music where I cared that much, yeah. um, about it. I to this day, I, I still listen to a, a mix of everything. I mean, you look at my Spotify, it's like, what the hell?
0: <laughs> so, would you say you're like a top 40 guy?
1: No, oh if you look at my Spotify, maybe just because my kids are on there and it's like all today's top hits. Um, no, I'm very much like, I mean, it's in my regular mix is like black Sabbath Zeppelin. Um, still, still love Fleetwood Mac, those types of groups. Um, you know, depending on the mood, it's, it's all about this mood and the setting for me, right. It's if I'm outside on a nice warm day, it's the reggae or, you know, I love Sublime. When I was living in California, it was, like, all Sublime and surfer rock type stuff. Um, if I'm feeling a little more energetic and want to get up or in the middle of the day, it's, it's it's hip-hop. It's, like, 90s hip-hop, Biggie, Tupac. Eminem was great, you yeah. know. And when it, Eminem in high school was was amazing, Tom. right? Yeah, it was, I don't remember when his... <sighs> what was his yeah. first before?
0: The one Eminem. with... Um, or uh, that uh, before that with the uh, shady LP. Yes,
1: that was probably what freshman year, or maybe even eighth grade.
0: Yeah, that was probably freshman year. And I think 11th grade, I think 11th grade was the Marshall Mathers LP. And that was like the boom. That was
1: that was when he was yeah. like starting to go real pop. That was, that was that was like, I mean, I guess, but that was his second was the one. The first one was like Brain Damage and... That
0: was the Slim Shady LP. Yeah,
1: yeah that, that song. That was
0: That's the first right. one and that was Hi, My Name Is... Mm-hmm. What? And yeah, that was like 99, I think. Oh, Jesus. 98, 99. And then, yeah, like 11th grade, I think, was the Marshall Mathers LP where it was just like, you know, having sex with your mom and just, it was fucking, it was <laughs> and... and Wild. Cleaning, out my, cleaning out my closet yep all those yeah you know.
1: yeah so it was eminem jay-z 50 cent like the standard lineup okay of kind of hip hip-hop pop music
0: it's funny because that you know I, I i'm a big fan of hip-hop and and my kind of that era is my thesis of saying that that's when hip-hop became pop music
1: that's what, yeah, I mean, that's when they started playing it on the pop radio stations, right? If that's how you want to kind of justify it, right? That like they start playing Eminem on Q102 and Z100, it's like, that's when it
0: turns pop. And and those are the artists, you know, from that era that you just named that, the Justin Timberlakes, the Justin Biebers, uh, the Christina Aguilera's, mm-hmm. the Britney Spears, the whomever that, that ventured into that hip hop space. The, the Miley Cyruses, that's who they were growing up listening to yep. that, you know, that they eventually, when they had their way, their ability to make their own music, they said, Oh, I want to work with Pharrell. I want to work with Timbaland. Mm-hmm. I want to work with, with these guys, you know, these hip hop producers to make my music was that era of, of our high school art in our high school artists.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: For you then in high school, for, did you have consciousness about a future about what you wanted to actually do um,
1: no, Yeah. That not a clue, man. Still don't.
0: That's, that's funny. You know, whenever, whenever I hear that, it's always interesting because I think I, I look at, I guess I, I have two kind of consciousness of people who are nerdy and, mm-hmm. oh boy, you must be wanting to get to college. You must be, you know, and people who just don't go to college or, or, um, you know, just never have any, you know, drop out or, or, go into the workforce, right? They went to tech school, they had a trade. It was clear from the beginning they were gonna do something different than college. So I wasn't either of those, which is why I had so much anxiety about my future and what I was supposed to do or what the image of what other people were doing versus what I was doing. So for you being in that boat where you didn't have a defined path, at what point do things, one, well, you say you didn't feel anything. So then at what point do you start to feel something at all of, I want to do this or, Oh shit, I better figure out that I want to do something.
1: Uh, I mean, honestly, even through college, I, I went in undecided. Um, I decided pretty quickly that I needed to make a decision, (laughs) you know, based on what I was hearing. Like, they're like, don't stay undecided. That the schools tell you that to, to get you to stay a fifth year, yada, yada. If you're undecided and you don't take the correct courses and then you decide you're going to have, you're going to pay for it later. So I I decided pretty quickly that I had to just choose and I chose business administration.
0: And this is Delaware.
1: Delaware. Yeah. Um, But still had no clue what I wanted to do. Marketing. I liked, I was an entrepreneur. I mean, from selling candy with Sean Mackman in, you know, in 10th grade to, um, to college where I was renting buses and running trips to Preakness and, you know, going out and promoting for, for bars and trying to trying to fill the bars and have fun, but also make some cash at the same time, um, to support the fun. Um, so I, I was always an entrepreneur. Um, and I just kind of like, was like, okay, I'm going to choose business and focus on marketing. And I, I minored in international business cause I like to travel and, the social aspect of, of travel and, and business, just kind of, it worked with my personality. Um, uh, so that's where I went and I just kind of went with, but I still have no, had no idea what
0: I wanted to do. Why did you choose Delaware?
1: Well, oh, shit, I went there. It was probably <laughs> Brad, I, I tell you what, man, I went to visit Penn state Pittsburgh and it was 25 degrees and snowing sideways. And then I went to Delaware and it was 80 degrees. The girls were everywhere And it was an hour from the house. It was just like this perfect day on campus. Um, I don't know. Have you been to the university of Delaware? No, it's a, it's a, you get that like really nice campus feel, but not the overwhelmingly large Penn state, Maryland kind of Pittsburgh experience. Um, I didn't really like the city experience that like Pittsburgh had, um, and it was just so damn cold there. Uh, and I went to Delaware. It was just the perfect day. I had a great tour guide and weather was awesome. And I was like, "Ah, I could go to this place. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I knew that was it. I Penn state, I wanted to go to Penn state, but I got into, um, I didn't get into main campus. I got into the satellite, one of the satellites. I don't remember which one. Okay. So then I chose, I chose Delaware.
0: Okay. That's pretty interesting then. You didn't, but so, but Penn state was a want for you though.
1: Yeah, I, I felt the one thing that Delaware didn't have that I wanted was like that big football experience. Yeah. Going to a big football game. I mean, we made the best of it at Delaware. But we we did the tailgates, but it wasn't like going to a Penn State game.
0: Right. I was thinking about that recently because everyone's going crazy about Temple. Um, The link opening up, you know, Temple plays their yeah. game for the link. Yeah. And so the Temple fan page is going crazy. And I'm just so like, eh whatever like and, well, who cares and i am so wishy-washy with temple football because for so long they just weren't similar to wasa and they didn't win a lot of games mm-hmm. and so i've just never been in the in the school and i just tr- wonder I was like i just wonder what it would be like to have my team coming back to play and feeling like i got to go like if i went to michigan or alabama or any of those schools
1: It's part of the culture that it's part of the culture that those schools have that temple doesn't Delaware had a little bit of a culture, but it was a notch down, right? We were one double a, a notch down. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And it just kind of worked out and that's how the cards fell. It was Penn. I I wanted Penn state main campus. I didn't want to go to a satellite school um, and got into Delaware. So I was like,
0: Delaware it is. Did you have anything in school in high school? I know you didn't, exactly have a, a path, but did you have anything that you thought you were good at in school when you were growing up or something? I, mean,
1: you- I, I was good at math. It was, I wasn't great at it, but I could, I understood it. The principles, I could figure it out. It was easy. I didn't like to read. I wasn't a great writer, still not a great writer. Um, communication, like I'm good at communicating verbally when I'm in in a room when I'm in a social setting with someone. I can talk, you know, and that's I'm in sales today, Mm -hmm. Um, so I I use math for numbers and I use you know interpersonal and personal skills and conversation. Yeah,
0: Um,
1: it's been a challenge. I'll tell you over Zoom and over email and over phone calls versus in person because it's a completely different setting. Um, But yeah, I mean, I no, I, I. again, I think it was kind of like that, like B type student mentality where I was good enough at science, good enough at, at English, good enough at math where I could kind of just get by and I could figure out where I wanted to go. Um, and for me, it was sales kind of fell into sales and and just started liking it and wanted to work for, you know, small ish type companies where I could really feel like I was not just in sales, but I was like kind of helping build the entire company.
0: Did you have a passion growing up that you thought, you know, I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to work. I wanted to be a writer uh, in media. Oh yeah. Sports,
1: sports management, like wanted to work for, for a team wanted to, you know, I didn't know anything about it, but I wanted to be like that guy on the sidelines that was wearing the suit. <laughs> you know yeah. um and then i quickly learned how difficult that is and and that the jobs are like this big and the pay is even smaller <laughs> um so then like things just started to click i'm like okay that's not as realistic as an option um or it it probably could be, but is it going to be a career that's going to like get me to where I want to be financially? Right. Uh, so sports management was kind of like early on what I wanted to do. I, I mean, I looked at like the kinesiology type stuff, but I wasn't as strong in science, um, as, as I needed to be for that. Um, you know, I early on, it was all sports, but that was my life, like I wanted to be involved in that. And as I got older, it became like more of a realist that, okay, I need to broaden my horizon and not just focus on sports.
0: Yeah. Um, for college, I mean, you talked about like parties and so you were like promoting.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it just kind of happened. It was weird. Like I, 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 I didn't think I'd be a fraternity guy. Um, met some guys that were going into a fraternity and I went in and, ended up like as the social chair of the fraternity. So I had, to, you know, my job was to book the bars and book the parties and coordinate with the sorority on the, Hey, what theme party do we want to have tonight? Which bar do we want to reserve? And so I became friends with some, some bar local bar owners. And then I said, okay, I think I can figure out how to how to make a little bit of extra money. And this your bar is really slow on a Wednesday night. Would you like me to bring 200, uh, 200 undergrads over there to, to, to fill your place. And you, you give me five bucks ahead and you make, you know, so it was a win-win. And, and then I started uh, running trips for Preakness, uh, take trips down to Baltimore, trips into Philly. Um, oh, yeah. Great. It was a little, little side hustle. Um, most of the money, again, just to like have fun with nothing substantial, um, but just to kind of get by and instead of work,
0: but you were looking at it as a side. I mean, your business, what was the business uh, that you were going to? Yeah, I
1: was a marketing major. It was fun for me too. I mean, it was more of like, I don't know if it was a passion, but it was just more of, it just came easy to me. It was like, okay, I, I can talk to people. Everybody wants to go out to to, everybody wants something to do on a Thursday night. They need something to do yeah, here's the problem. Here's the solution. You know, rent a bar. Here's the bus. I give, I give you all the drinks you can want and a bus transportation for, for 35 bucks. You buy a ticket. I make five, everybody wins. Right.
0: But you're not, you were never thinking in college, like this could be a job.
1: No, no,
0: I like, didn't. Uh, so I watched power, right? This, <laughs> right? Like you didn't think like I could be a nightclub promoter or I could, no, no. Or anything like that?
1: No, no, I didn't think of it that way then. I was more just doing it for like to fill the void because All somebody the- had to do it. And I wasn't, I guess I wasn't that passionate about it, but it was just like, I kind of figured it out and it was like, okay, I can make a little bit extra money to support myself and, and actually eat real food while I'm at college.
0: Uh, and uh, yeah, it just kind of worked out. I'll tell you, cause when I was in college, um, when I was in community college, I, I enjoy connecting people. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I enjoy, um, you know, I guess similar to what I'm doing here with the podcast, right. I enjoy, I don't want to say selling because I'm not selling anything with the podcast, but selling an idea of togetherness or belonging. Um, and so in college I used to promote uh, a wrestling show a local wrestling show that would happen in Philly um, and this is when I was at Monco and I had a wrestling radio show on the radio station at Monco and we would promote this local show that would happen monthly in Philly and we would bring like 15 20 kids with us and we promoted like hey $15 for the ticket 5 15 for a cheesesteak at Pat's steaks after the show meet us at Monco hop in our car carpool down at the $20 15 cent investment You know, people will bring, yeah, people will bring 15, 20 people. And all I got out of it was interviews with the wrestlers after the show and a free ticket for me and my buddy to get in. When you put it the way that you, or what you're doing, I'm like, fuck, I should have been making some money off of the tickets. Yeah, but you got
1: the value to you was like the experience and you got what you wanted out of it. Right. Like looking hindsight, I mean, I could have been making more on the tickets. And again, I mean, I was what I was trying to do was just like have enough to to spend out at the bars for the next semester and to actually buy real food and not have to like work a job and take, you know, 15 credits. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, there was that's the thing with with like kind of being an entrepreneur. It's like if you felt like you gained value from just getting those interviews, mission accomplished more power to it, You know, like, I don't know if I did,
0: I gotta be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would let you know, it's, it sounds stupid when I go, Oh yeah. They used to let us hang in the building afterwards and and talk to all yeah. the wrestlers. Like that sounds stupid versus man. I would have liked to have made like, you know, 80 bucks off of that, off of that 550 yeah. that I gave them.
1: I, I did it a little bit for the money, but I also did it for the social aspect. Like I, I yeah, that's you why know, I, did. I didn't do it all. I didn't do it all myself. I hired like a kid from every grade and I was like, all right, go sell tickets. I'll give you a free ticket. And, you know, obviously that ate into my, my profits, but that's what I did. And then, you know, I had a lot of cash and fun to play with and, yeah. um, Smarty Jones, the one year of the Preakness, I was like, I had a lot of money at that Preakness that I left it all at the track, but, uh, <laughs> that's okay. Um, yeah, it's just fun. I mean, for me, it was more the experience and just being like involved. I like to uh I kind of like to be that the ringleader on those days, right? Like I got the buses, I gotta I'm taking care of people. It's mm-hmm. it's hosting, right? It's hosting an event. Yeah. Um I mean, I literally had junior year, I think I had six buses. By senior, year, I had eight buses down to Preakness, wow. 44 people to a bus. I gave everybody a 12 pack of beer, a ticket to your preakness and transportation. And I charged 60 bucks and it cost me probably 52, 53 bucks um, for all that. Um, But it took a lot of work too. I had to collect the money, sell the tickets, drive down to Baltimore, Buy all the tickets mm-hmm. with cash. I mean, it was not.
0: You've got to deliver easy. what you promised everybody. What everyone paid for, you now have to deliver on it, or else. You're... And it's
1: and it's stressful that day, right? People yeah. can't find the bus. They're calling you. I'm lost. I'm, yeah. I'm running five minutes late. Can you hold the bus? I'm like, you know, you're you're in charge that yeah. day. So it does take a little bit of the fun away. I mean, I do enjoy like, but that carries over to my life still too. I mean, whether it's you know trips to the wineries or vacations, like everybody looks at me as the planner. Right. They're like, Oh, where are we going? Did you do the research book? Go book the place. You know, I'm, I'm kind of that planner. So sometimes I do enjoy being like, I'm not, I don't want to take charge. I just want to go and and I'll pay. I'll go that way. I'm not responsible for anything.
0: Yeah. I, I like, I like both sides of that. I enjoy, you know, in the Italian festival, I like having like a big, big party for the Italian, uh, for the Italian festival every year back when you yeah. didn't have street parties, but like, like to invite like tons of people and have like a whole day party. And like, I like, I like to set up as like the, the, uh, the captain of events or whatever, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, but then I also do enjoy moments. Like for instance, when people are like, Hey, you know, uh, you probably gonna have to do, to do the high school reunion. Right. And I just go, no, no, I'm just <laughs> gonna go. I, I will, if they need help from something, I, I will provide anything they need, but organizing it, no, I I'm just going to enjoy it. Just going to go attend. Yeah. Because the, the, the actual event itself is not as
1: much fun when you're in charge.
0: It's like, you don't even notice it.
1: Yeah. But in college, like I didn't think of it. Cause I'm like, I didn't feel like I was in charge. I'm like, my job's done. Like you got your 12 pack of beer you got your bus. Here's your ticket. Yeah. But as you, as you get older, you feel more responsible for when you plan an event to follow through and deliver that customer experience. <laughs>
0: Can you tell me about, about Greek life? Cause I, you know, I, I haven't talked to anybody that I don't think that's talked about like fraternity life. Uh, I don't even think sorority, but you know, I've always, again, temple, another thing besides football, that's not a big presence. And I know they have fraternities and sororities, but they're, they're not huge. Um, so it's not anything I experience. all of my, um, experiences through television, movies, news, um, Talk to me a little bit about like, you know, fraternity life.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, like, I guess why I got into it, I think I just felt I didn't go first semester because I wanted to kind of get my feet wet, see what school was about, try to figure out how to like at least wake up for class, <laughs> you know, which was fairly difficult. Um, and my parents were starting like, we don't want you in a fraternity. We don't want you in a fraternity. And uh. but, like, I was missing something you know, you go to, you go from high school where you're like part of teams and you're with people and you have a network to college where you're in a dorm and you know people and you're kind of with people, but you don't really have that like group of people that you go through like a lot of experiences with. So, you know, I met a few guys that I just became close with at the dining hall and and playing pickup football outside and basketball. And they were like, you know, let's go look at some of these fraternities in the spring. And we just kind of got got caught up in it and went to it and, and met some other guys that were cool. And um, one thing led to another and spring semester of freshman year, I was, was pledging a fraternity. <laughs> um, it wasn't a crazy experience like the movies. Um,
0: no one you know, center blocks to your, to your balls and drop them off of a building. The,
1: you know, the time when we were going to school, most of the fraternities were, were being kicked off campus. They were oh. like, cracking down big time on it. You couldn't get away with any of that stuff anymore, nor did I want to be a part of that. Like I was, I'm not one to be like, swallow this goldfish. I'm like, no, go, go fuck yourself. I'm not (laughs) swallowing a goldfish. You know, did I have to do things? Yeah. But it was like fun stuff. Right. And it was like, you know, you know, yeah, I stayed up late night and I partied and, and hung out and ran errands for people and acted like a fool in front of girls, but like nothing that I felt super uncomfortable about. So it was a great group of guys. Um, at Delaware and I'm still friends with most of them to, to like, to this date. I mean, we've got our, our ongoing since 2002 our fantasy football league that we still play and we take an annual, an annual trip where we all get together, which is now like tons of kids involved too. Um, but it's just, a, it's a, it was a great experience. And I think for me, it like kind of completed college where like high school was school and sports and college was like the fraternity and school. Um, we weren't a fraternity that we didn't have a house. We all the guys that I lived with, there was five guys. We were we were in the same fraternity, but it wasn't like a fraternity house. Um so it wasn't fraternity, was it? Uh Pi Kappa Alpha. Okay. Yep. And then we ended up getting kicked off right after I graduated again for breaking all these rules, but We uh, we were laid back. I mean, it was nothing crazy. A lot of like business entrepreneurial type people who like sports, who played sports. We had a couple athletes who actually played on on the football team and basketball team. And we had a couple of guys who just played club and like pickup games and um, good good mix of people. Um, yeah. Very diverse. Yeah, it was fun. Did you
0: do sports in college? Uh, inter- just intramurals. Just intramurals? Yeah. 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 So then at what point do you I mean you're you're in the business and you're in the marketing realm in college where does a a, a job or a career start to formulate for you
1: I still had no idea
0: Wow yeah
1: it de- I mean it did it, it's it didn't formulate it just kind of happens right it's like I got this degree I, I'm done with school all my friends are going to New York to work at the banks I'm like, Oh God, do I want to, you know, I don't know. Manhattan's not for me. I don't know what I want to do. So I met a girl in school. She was like, I love California. I'm like, Oh, I've lived in California. I could take you there. I've got, I've got some family there. So we went to California to visit, decided, okay, this is, this is cool. This would be a lot of fun. And she's like, I'm moving to California. And so I looked in the mirror and said, if I want to stay with this girl, Mm. I better, I better move to California. Uh, so we went to Cali, um, three of us all from Delaware and rented a, you know, I saved up for the summer. Uh, he was another guy at Delaware. Okay. So one of our friends mutual friend, we rented a U-Haul and drove across the country right after Katrina. Wow. Um, yeah. So pretty wild, pretty wild. I mean, everybody was like, come work at JP Morgan and this, that, the other thing, 80 hours a week. I'm like, no, thank you. Um, but I still had no idea what I want to do. So I moved out there. I was catering. I was, you know, my girlfriend was, babysitting and nannying and we were just kind of doing odd jobs to get through. And then um, I ended up going to work for enterprise around a car. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, the only qualification that you needed to go there was a college degree, I believe at the time for the kind of management training program. Um, but it was pretty humbling. It was pretty humbling signing my offer letter and they paid hourly at the time. And <laughs> I'm like I just got a degree from University of Delaware, and I'm making nine dollars and twenty three cents an hour. Wow! I made more bussing tables at Bluebell Country Club.
0: Yeah. Um. So I, de- I made hard. more. I definitely made more at Wawa. Absolutely. Now we made
1: like so. What they
0: what you get commission, you know,
1: overtime, plus overtime, time and a half, and then when you get promoted, then you start getting the commission on on the branch and how you know the car sales and. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize that at the time, I'm like, 9.23 an hour, I got to wear a shirt and tie, and I am I have a college degree. Like, crazy. Uh, but anyway, I, I bought it, hook, line, and sinker, and put my time in and worked my way up a little bit there. And then I, um, I rented a car to a guy at Coors Brewing Company, and he was telling me about the beer industry at the time. And beer was, it was kind of before craft beer. Sam Adams was around. Blue Moon wasn't even out yet. It was Molson Coors, a lot of imports. Corona was big, Stella was big. um, And he happened to be hiring this team of salespeople around the country and we just hit it off. It was one of those things was just like, by chance, I somehow got in that car that day. And a few weeks later, I was in Denver, I was in Golden, Colorado at Coors Brewing Company interviewing and I I got hired by Coors and I was selling beer in Southern California at 23 years old. (laughs) It was perfect. Wow. What does yeah. that mean? Selling beer. I worked for course. So I worked, I was a, I was a, a manager, a sales manager for Coors Brewing Company. I had a big territory. I was a very specialized sales role within the organization that I'm not going to bore you with, but anyway, I had a territory of, of orange County, LA County, and then two counties in Arizona um, where I was a, a rep for Coors Brewing Company. Wow. Um, amazing. And so I learned consumer goods and and packaged goods and that was like you know I I went out and saw where they made blue moon for the first time at at Coors Field um it was kind of the rise of craft beer um mm-hmm. the rise of like packaging right like and how packaging was so impactful i mean i was there when coors put the blue made the mountains blue on the bottles mm-hmm. and how packaging impacts the consumer decision so you know uh, you know i learned a lot there uh and then i took that with me. And, and when I moved back to New York and just kind of have worked my way through a lot of different companies at all different levels. Wow, that's cool. So yeah, it was fun. But still, I mean, I just got lucky. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And, you know, I was like
0: working at an enterprise. I'm like, I know I don't want to rent cars for my whole life. And I just kind of got lucky. Well, once that happens, because it feels like um, it doesn't feel like you were in any type of, um, and I don't mean this in a, in a you know, put you on a pedestal or that you're putting yourself on a pedestal, but it doesn't feel like you at any point felt a, an internal struggle to achieve more or reach different, reach different goals than whatever you were. It didn't seem like you were even aware of that. You were just kind of like, whatever happens, happens, try my best, but my best is, you know, whatever I'm capable of doing. Um, so when this happened, Does that click for you to where you go like, oh, this now core selling? Because at this point, nothing you haven't you haven't excelled.
1: Or didn't click yet. No, it still didn't click. I was just riding the wave, like shit. That's so interesting. Colorado, and before I know it, I mean literally, I'm 23 years old. I've got a Coors Light credit card. I'm traveling around the country. I'm going to these these distributor shows it's wild like the beer industry is a massive massive industry and i'm like part of like one of the big ones right it's it's anheuser-busch it's miller and then you're at every every
0: major anything that has to do with beer your your company has a foot in
1: i mean i didn't go to the super bowl when the giants beat the patriots but i was in arizona like at the event like it it was i'm like this is nuts right so i still didn't grasp the kind of the the reality, I think, of like everything and until I moved to New York. And then Miller and Coors merged. I moved to New York. I was laid off after the merger. Life was changing. You know, we were I was getting married, we knew I wanted to be back east, um, didn't want to stay west, moved to New York, and then got I was like, okay, this is the industry that I like. I like beverage, I like consumer goods, and, and I can use my marketing background, my sales background you know, people involved, math involved, you know, it's perfect. And then I got in with vitamin water, um, kind of right at right around the time that they were acquired by Coca-Cola, but you know, 50 cent was involved. (laughs) Um, that's that's why tie that, that conversation in with with 50. Um, and
0: well, that was the famous line that right that was like where he drops like something like uh, you i you know i
1: mean people were like did you work with 50 like was he your boss i'm like no
0: <laughs> Wait, yeah well, but you know put kool-aid in a, in a bottle turn around sold to coke cola for 20 million mm-hmm. what the fuck or whatever the yeah, line
1: what's it put 20 25 cent water in a bottle sell it for two quarter water yeah turn, t- quarter water in a bottle sell it for two dollars and turn around and sell it to coke for yeah Four like four billion dollars was that acquisition. It was one. I mean,
0: that was the height of you know supplemental soft drinks,
1: and the height of like where celebrities started to get really involved with brands. Right. I guess they were involved earlier too, like with Wheaties and you know you some of the early really, brands. You you better be a
0: really big stars. Uh, I feel like uh, more medium level or introductory brands didn't have. I don't want to say medium level stars but stars with cult followings mm-hmm. you could be the 14th best nba player and sponsor a sports drink and that was okay now you know you could yeah. be you could be the 18th best uh tennis player and be on the third best uh sneaker company yep awesome. absolutely you know that so there were more brand. there's more brands available too i mean like And more avenues with viral marketing with the internet. 100%.
1: And just, I mean, you know, you went from, just look at beer, right? You went from three beer companies, really? And just in the U.S., domestic beer companies. Now look at how many craft beer companies there are. It's insane.
0: Well, also, you know, it's even specifically with beer, just in talking about the advertising, right? I feel like when we were growing up, it was, look at how awesome beer is, uh, When you drink beer, you go to these parties, Mm -hmm. there are pools, and there are girls in bikinis (laughs) that go in these pools. But I feel like as the time we were getting out of high school into college, it was when you drink beer, you can call your out-of-shape friends on the phone and just be like, what? And like, that's, it was like, this is your image of beer? (laughs) like it completely changed. It became a, I know, you know, just so many different aspects of marketing. And this was, I guess what you were going to college for, but I mean, the marketing just became so much more casual in representation.
1: Yeah. And I wasn't like, and, and I wasn't on the marketing side at that point I was all sales like my, so I didn't even, I, I, but I love, I love that part of the business. I just don't use it.
0: Mm.
1: Um, Yeah. It's interesting. How that 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 communication changed. I've never thought about that before. When we were younger, to the to the like beers cool scene, to like to to the the what's up campaign was totally totally changed the game.
0: So when you uh, this girl that you moved to California with, and then and then came back east. Um, this is I'm assuming your wife.
1: That's her, the old ball and chain. (laughs)
0: what's uh what's her name
1: her name is Rhiannon
0: so named after Fleetwood Mac song. so where did you wow so where did you uh where did you actually meet her then so we went to Delaware together both in Delaware okay
1: yeah she's she's from Long Island we both went to Delaware uh I knew her early like I was friend kind of friends with some of her friends freshman year um but we didn't hang out until junior year really uh mutual friends started hanging out and then um you know really picked it up senior year dated senior year and then moved to California together right after wow yeah got official and then we lived together for a few years out there in studio city um great experience love the west coast you know it's I'll tell anybody like if do do new york one of the big east coast cities boston new york philly or go west just experience something different than what you're used to um growing up and um but then it was time you know after 4 years it was like okay it's time to grow up and figure out where we're going to settle down.
0: Being, being that you're, you know, you kind of had like these stronger New York roots and you are, you know, you were aware that you weren't from Philadelphia originally, originally, even though that's, you know, probably your best, your most memories um, versus like Yuka who came Mm -hmm. in high school. Um, Did you ever kind of have like an end game or a, I want to get back to you. Was that ever like a, Boy, I want to see what this is all about, kind of a knowing what my roots are, that I'm not from Philly. Did you ever feel like you wanted to?
1: I felt like if if I were not with Rhiannon, I would have been back in Philly. Uh, I I would have probably, you know, if I didn't go to California, maybe I would have moved to New York. But I I probably would have just gone back home and stayed in Philly because I, that's where I grew up, second grade on, right? It's I didn't know... I didn't know New York. I didn't know Dallas. I didn't know Southern Cal that well, you know, so I didn't like PA bluebell was my home for, for many years. Um, that's what I knew. That's what I was comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Um, honestly, I moved back to New York because opportunity, uh, jobs allowed us to, uh, her family is all in New York. So it just kind of worked
0: out. Okay. So then how long before you get married? Got married at, so 26, pretty young,
1: um, moved back, got engaged out in California um, and then planned everything kind of back and forth across the country a couple of times to plan the wedding and moved back um, right at the end before, before Christmas in 08, uh, got married in May 09. Wow. And um, yeah. And then first kid in 2011. Wow. So
0: it was yeah, like, bam, decade. Yeah. But being a father. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. He's, he's nine. The oldest is nine. Um, So it's been, it, you know, it's been crazy. It felt like a long time ago, but it also felt like it was just yesterday, you know, 2011.
0: <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause like when I, when I ask it like that and you run through it like that, it's like, yeah, you just kind of, it's kind of like, yeah, like marriage, like matter. Moved out to California, engaged, came back east, then yep. had kids. But then when you say the date, I just go, "Oh shit, that was so long!" Like that's when I was at WWE, and like I I categorize that as like a really long time ago. So like <laughs> when you were have that's when you started having kids. I just go, whoa!
1: See, I'm the opposite. Like I feel like the last ten years for me were like a blur, and I feel like I'm like two years ago, 2008 was like two years ago, right? I mean, that's my mentality. I I think it's because I've just been when you have children, everything changes and it's like everything revolves around them and life goes very fast. Um, so for me, it's like, that was a, that was just yesterday.
0: So <laughs> I'm like that with 2000 with the year, 2000, 10 years prior, oh, yeah. where I go like, that wasn't that long ago. And I go, 20 years is a long fucking time, dude. And I, Oh my God. Yeah. Very long time, but
1: not really at the same time. It's, <sighs> It's all relative.
0: It is. But like when I ask questions like, Dustin, what was your favorite movie in high school? That's when that's when like these things come out where I go. That was a really long time ago. That
1: was a long time ago.
0: I know. So what was your favorite movie in high school?
1: I mean, uh, still probably all the time. Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and I mean, dumber. that's I've
0: never seen it. I've got a weird, something weird happened with me with Jim Carrey after Ace Ventura. Okay. I loved Ace Ventura, but when the mask came out and then Ace Ventura 2. Yeah,
1: that wasn't, that I don't occurred. even know when, Dumb, I don't even know when Dumb and Dumber came out. So <laughs> I just like know that I loved Ace Ventura there, but Dumb and Dumber is now one, like I'm not going to go back and watch, watch Ace Ventura now, if it's on, if I'm flipping through, but if Dumb and Dumber's on, like, just like, I got to keep it on. The one-liners are so great. Um, you know, dumb and dumber was high school. Old school was college.
0: Yeah. It's, I love old school. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can't get much better than I mean, you. You have to go watch dumb and dumber. You're a big movie guy. I am. Like, you have to go watch dumb and dumber.
0: All right. I'm going to, can we, uh, will you make a deal with me? Will you talk about dumb and dumber with me if I go back and watch it?
1: Absolutely. I'll rewatch awesome. it. I'll make yes. it a better deal. I, I haven't seen it probably in two or three years, start to finish. I'll rewatch it. I'll make my one my oldest boy watch it with me. Yes. As I mean, long as you watch it. We have to I watch it. Yeah, tell me when you're watching it. I'll rewatch it.
0: So then from uh, coming here to, to New York then, um, what happened to where, I mean, the vitamin water, and then you're now doing something with with this lemon. By the way, the name is incredible. Lemon have you tried perfume. it? I haven't tried it yet. I, I don't Holy even. Shit. You said so. You said it's coming to Philly, but is it here yet?
1: So we're in. Do you have Target by you? Yeah, yeah. We're in some targets. I'd have to check and see which ones we're in. We're launching in Philadelphia probably February or March. Awesome. So at, at will be an Acme Giant. Uh, we just launched with Wegmans, so if you've got a Wegmans close by, or I,
0: I don't, don't think Philly. So.
1: Ma, but, there's a, there's a, hopefully we'll be in Whole Foods in there soon. And there's a yeah, uh, Meyer moms in downtown, I think okay. um, we'll be in Philly soon, awesome. but I'll send you some samples. Yeah. It's, it's a cool, it's, it's kind of a new age vitamin water. Um, it's an innovative, enhanced water, real half an organic lemon in every bottle, um, zero sugar, hydrating functional, uh, enhanced water. And we're just trying to kind of shake it up a bit. And, uh, I, I like the smaller companies entrepreneurial mindset where yes, I'm in sales, but I also get to put my marketing hat on, put my finance hat on, put my operations hat on and, and help build a brand. And we're very, very, very small brand. Um, I was fifth employee, I think, and now we've got maybe 25 and kind of trying to build it. And hopefully, hopefully we can survive. It was a it was it was getting sketchy there through through COVID with fundraising and raising money and trying to support the business and uh, as as retailers closed doors and it's been tough but we got through it and yeah we hope we hope we've got something we'll see.
0: <laughs> so it's like cold pressed, right?
1: Yeah. So we we cold press. Um, so we used to be cold HPP like a cold pressed juice hmm. that you that you see in the stores that are five ninety nine. Like we use that process, which was very expensive, but what we try to do is bring, you know, bring it to a shelf-stable environment, which we were able to to do back uh, at the end of last year. So now we we cold press the the lemons, uh, but then we do use aseptic processing, which is it's heated up just for that kill step to make it safe to okay. consume, uh, and then it's cold filled. So a vitamin water, a buy you know, all those competitors, they're hot filled and kind of leaves that nasty aftertaste doesn't taste fresh. Uh, we still cold fill, which is a, is a little more extensive process. Um, but that's kind of our point of differentiation from, from our competitors. Um, you've seen the packaging. I think maybe it's a it's yeah. great name, great, colorful packaging. We've got great flavors when you taste it. I think you'll understand it more. It's, it's a lemonade like drink. Um, but it's a, it's a water. It's a, it's a, it's a functional water.
0: I, yeah, I, I talked earlier. I love smoothies, and so one of the things—and
1: with it, with your kettle one, by the way, it's a good, it's an awesome mixer. It's a good mixer.
0: Yeah, perfect. No, that is the with, with smoothies and stuff. I, I love putting uh, lemons and limes and stuff in my smoothies, like almost the whole thing. So, like, I've been trying to like what you're describing is what I'm trying to accomplish with my smoothies, but in just a throw it in there with some ice type of thing with whatever yeah. I'm putting in there
1: with the full lemon or lime with the rind and
0: everything without, uh, well sometimes part of, cause I've heard there's really good nutrients in mm-hmm. the actual rind. So like, uh, sometimes I will, and just make sure I just get it really good in my blender. Yeah. Perfect. It's good for you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's fun. So, I mean, you know, that's kind of stumbled into it, but that's, this is where I am. I know, I know beverage, I know consumer goods. And it's, uh my job now is to, Get this product across grocery stores in America, and hopefully people like it and grab it, and we can maybe one day be like vitamin water and sell to Coca Cola for billions of dollars.
0: (laughs) That's the dream. Also, yeah, I I, (laughs) I can't wait to I can't wait to give it a try. And um, yeah, yeah, if you can send me anything, I I want to be able to like I wish like I could do more in person interviews, so this could be like the drink that I give everyone when they come to do interviews.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. One day we'll be back. One day,
0: someday. Yep. Do you uh, still keep in contact with people from Wizzahick and now? I know you don't, you haven't been home in five years, but.
1: Well, no, I've been home. I just met at downtown Philly. Philly. I have been oh, in five. God. Yeah. Maybe it's, I'm trying to think when I was in Philly last, um, maybe it hasn't been five years, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in touch. I'm in touch with not many people from high school. Like I stay in touch with, uh, with Rob leave a little bit. People, you know, who, who I met him through running track. Um You know, most of the people I played basketball with, not in touch with soccer. No, it's college friends, really. And there's not even a lot of them. It's probably a handful of college friends—three, four, maybe five—that I talk to regularly. Even even people I lived with in college, I don't stay that close with. Um, It's hard. I mean, when you have a family and just the time, the time shrinks. There's only so much time for free time and. A lot of the time is spent like vegging out in front of the TV or just sleeping.
0: (laughs) That's what Tom Beal said. uh, You know, just life kind of starts happening and time goes by and you don't talk to people for a certain amount of time. And it's like, well, I don't, I don't think I I probably shouldn't reach out now. And you know, like these, these times kind of pass by and he feels like he definitely had lost connection with people that, he had these memories and, and feelings with, but that's just kind of you know the natural progression of life. Yeah. Much what I was kind of taught, what I felt bothered me when I was younger of, well, we were friends when we were in fourth and fifth grade. Why aren't we friends when we're in eighth grade? You know, it's just, that's what happens. And I think, you know, we just understand it more, or at least I do understand it more when I'm in my thirties.
1: Yeah, the back then it's like, why aren't we friends? But you just now it's like, well we, because we grew apart. We did different things. That's it. Simple. Yeah. It's not. It's it wasn't some big crazy problem. It was just, just, grew apart. Did different things.
0: Yeah. So Rob and 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 that's about like uh at a, at a maybe a few other people.
1: Yeah, I mean, like Drew Douglas from day one. Like first person I met in the district. He was in my wedding. But, oh, we weren't, I mean, even when he was in my wedding, like calling him to be in my wedding wasn't like, we hadn't talked in a long time. He's living out in Arizona. and um, But it was like one of those things, like, you know, he was one of those guys that even if we weren't hanging out on a regular basis or talking on a regular basis, when we get back together, it's like, it's, yeah. it's just like old times. Um, no, I don't, I don't stay in touch with many people. <laughs> Um, it's boring. Um, but again, I feel like that if I went, I feel like if we all got back in a room together tomorrow, right. It'd be like, obviously, you know, just like we left it, um, there wouldn't be any hesitation there around like kind of the the fun that we could all have together. It's just, there's no, there's no time or need to like pick up the phone and stay in touch with a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Um, I hear you which is, it sucks. sucks. (laughs) Especially when you're, when you're not right in this immediate area and, and especially with what's going on now, um, you know, a lot of times I think the, the, the personal interaction or the face-to-face interaction helps, you know, be the catalyst for things like that.
1: Yeah. And once you have kids too, it's, it's a whole, your, your friends become your kids, friends, parents, right. Um, same. I mean, my parents were friends with all of my friends' parents, you know, because they're traveling together with sports and, you know, dealing with each other on a regular basis. And that that's kind of how my life is now. It's yeah, my, neighbor, my neighbors. It's who the kids hang out with. It's what activities are in. And, and that's that's who we hang out with and socialize. Um, and there's only so much time in the day to, to socialize.
0: That's the uh, that's the, the the dream that I'm trying to achieve at some point when I can get my shit together at <laughs> <laughs> some point one day it's going to happen i
1: don't think anybody ever fully gets their shit together
0: i could do a little better job though if it doesn't
1: everybody everybody can do a better job yeah. no question but nobody ever fully gets it together so all don't, right don't give don't beat yourself up
0: all right all right i'm gonna take that with me
1: nobody gets it all together
0: um i've got the yearbook here oh geez. Um,
1: I was looking, I, I, went downstairs and I got in a box somewhere deep in the basement. I was looking for it. I couldn't find it. it's orange, right? It is. Oh yeah. I, I was like picturing it. I'm like, where is this thing?
0: It's a, it's a heck of a, of a yearbook. You know, we've got these generic, I imagine this company put all this shit, these timeline <laughs> things in every yearbook that they sold a contract to. But uh it's nice. It's nice to to have to reflect on, you know, the times. But I was looking at your at your post. Uh times have been great, but the best is yet to come. Thanks, mom, dad, and Chris for all your support. Thanks to all my friends, especially Troubles. What is Troubles? That's Drew. Oh, that's true. Doug- okay.
1: Douglas. He's he's he would Drew had his fair share of trouble. <laughs>
0: So you've got an Evan in here, Wallace. I don't think so because you have an E W also. There've been other two. Yeah, you got it. You've just got. um, It's just especially troubles, comma Evan. But then, like the fourth or fifth initial is E W. Evan Taylor.
1: No, I wouldn't have been. I mean, I know Evan, Evan Taylor is, from.
0: Evan is just that large dude. He he needs the two shots. He outs. needs two shoutouts. Absolutely.
1: Maybe I just like forgot of a short term memory loss. Right. I just Yo, completely forgot double, that I
0: named him. <laughs> e double needs a double shout out. <laughs> oh, my God. He, um,
1: his his album came up on my Spotify the other day. Just had, yeah, that's uh, it's with. so
0: good. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, no one's really. I guess I haven't really talked to anyone that's was a. I mean, Amma was was friends with with Evan, but um, I guess I mean you played with him. What was that? You know, just being. Yeah, I mean, we were Evan. we were closer. We
1: were like pretty. I mean, we played. Yeah, we played three three years together, and I didn't know him prior at all until playing basketball, and then. Hmm. Very, very close. Right. He
0: went to Shady Grove, so I, I knew him from fourth and fourth yeah. grade, fifth grade.
1: Yeah, I didn't know him until basketball. Um, mm-hmm. And then playing together was just that connection through that. And spent a lot of time at his place, and he didn't live far from the high school. So it was like a lot of, like, practice to Walla, to Evan's place, to mm-hmm. back to practice. And, um, yeah, Evan, Kevin Rogers, and, and Bill, and a bunch of those guys. and then And then, you know, like... I kind of, I didn't separate from that group, I guess, because I'm still friends with them, but I wasn't as close with all them, like at the senior year and toward the end of senior year as well, it was earlier.
0: Well, cause you changed sports. It was a new season.
1: I guess. Yeah. I mean, but he, yeah, it's just things change. Like people grow apart and it's, you know, it's just different.
0: Yeah. Um, you've also got, uh,
1: e-dub and so i put evan in there twice
0: huh yeah so the 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 way that the names go is is evan you've got kr which i assume is kevin rogers
1: most likely
0: i love the name game dustin kd i kevin DeProsperous. Depot. Uh, Ar, uh a r i can't think of who that is I can't, I, Keep I'm drawn up.
1: Keep going on the initials. Um,
0: How M- many did R- I put in there? What's that?
1: How many initials did I put in there?
0: You got like a eight. A-R. Uh, we did that. Uh, M-R.
1: Roberts. Michael Roberts.
0: Mike Roberts. Okay. E-W. That's what I would think would be Evan Wallace.
1: That's, that's, it's gotta be. There's no other E-W. Uh,
0: MW. Matt Witteman.
1: Oh. E- EW is Eddie Waltemey. Ed Waltemey, good call. And in the <laughs> school. How did I forget about him?
0: That's good. Okay. So we've got Evan, Kevin Rogers, Kevin De Uh, Who do we say AR was? Don't know yet. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, MR, uh, Matt Witt, or no, who's MR? Oh, Mike Roberts. Roberts? Mike Roberts. Uh, Ed me. MW is Matt Wideman, ST Steve Taylor. Must be. Um, and that's it. Congratulations, class of two thousand one. Huh. So we've got an AR that's um, that's unspoken. Maybe I could look. I could look in here just real quick.
1: I know who it is. It's oh, you do. I mean, is it Elena Rosenfeld? Probably. Like I hung out with her a lot. If I gave her a shout out,
0: and she ran,
1: yeah, we because we ran together. She 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 used to she lived in the neighborhood from the country club, like up by me. So she used to drive me to school. Um, yeah, we hung out a lot later in school. So it has got to be her. I can't there think of anybody is. else.
0: No, that's it. Looking at the initials, that's uh, that's that's it. Wow, it's funny
1: because it's like those initials. <laughs> it, it's just funny how my in my mind those initials would change like freshman year to sophomore to, to senior year they would be so different mm-hmm. so
0: different um it's the only girl in your on your initials list
1: she was we were i mean we were very very close very tight like again she drove me to school every day so spent the 15 minute drive from the country club over to uh Ah. to Wissahickon and, uh, ran track together. A lot of time, a lot of time there. Um, yeah. And again, one of those people, like I was at her house, she knows, she knows my family. She was at my house a lot. So yeah, she was, she was tight. I don't haven't spoken to her probably in, since, since then though, which is sad.
0: Well, I don't know. You tell me. Jesus. Nope. No, it's
1: Yeah. Not, yeah it's about it's the not, same. Where, yeah, skinnier. I'm a little, I filled out a little bit. Yeah,
0: this is more of a spiky, a spiky look. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: It was the uh, style back
0: then. But I think soccer, basketball, baseball, track, and then key club.
1: Yeah, you had to get that club on there. You know, it was like the guidance counselor saying, get that club on there for your college resume.
0: What do you remember about key club? Nothing. No one remembers anything about Key Club.
1: Uh, yeah, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I remember. I remember everyone says it's the club that you can just get into to put on your on your resume, and you would show up to one meeting, you sign in, and everybody's in Key Club. That's it.
0: Contrarian, see, right, <laughs> I'm out. Well, um, I don't know, I get, dude. This has like been awesome. Like I said, like going into this, I had like these this this really just memory of. I kind of felt we were around because we had homeroom together, but we had sixth, seventh grade together. Um, And then just really getting to learn, like your kind of laid back personality has been awesome, dude. I
1: mean, our lockers, our lockers must've been pretty close.
0: Yeah, I know. I was always like Tara and George, uh, George Cortez and Ryan Conway was like my cluster. Yeah. So we had to only been like, maybe like five or six, you know, lockers. I know Paul Cannon was probably in our, in our area. I think,
1: I think we were all right there. I can picture it.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah, K-Hall, right? So I, yeah. I actually know I was five six seven. I was locker five six seven.
1: Jesus. You got a good memory.
0: Well, I feel Gwen, five, six, seven, eight nine, okay. ten, nine, ten. Okay. The rain by Missy Elliott. That lyric helped me remember when I got my I go, okay. I feel Gwen, five, six, seven, eight, 567 is your locker number. Wow. I'm sick. Yeah, this I, is I must have I do been... a podcast about this.
1: <laughs> I think I was just above you. Whatever direction that was in K-Hall. That way. I was, cl- I was closer to the corner of, what was that other
0: hall that came to the L? Yeah. This I was, was uh, this was the atrium? Or mm-hmm. for you. Back down toward the auditorium. Then...
1: You were closer to the auditorium.
0: Yep. Atrium. Yep. Atrium was the small auditorium. The auditorium auditorium was the big one downstairs.
1: Yeah, atrium is what. Well. Yeah, yeah, atrium. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: This is yeah. what I think of.
1: Is the, uh, is the school, like, does, is the school the same? Is it no.
0: No, there's a pool and a bigger gym. What? Yeah, there's a pool and a bigger gym, like an Olympic-sized
1: pool. Like, the dome is not the dome anymore
0: the dome dome? is is different the dome i think is where the pool is but it's like an olympic sized pool inside and i think it's a bigger encompassing thing where's the heckin maybe that i mean that might have to be the event like some sort of like a of a tour i think we need to take the we weren't friends in high school tour
1: you remember how much it changed why we were in school oh, too, yeah. right? The, con- the yeah, construction, yeah. it was like, all of a sudden there's these new hallways and we're like, what?
0: Well, our, our homeroom with Mr. Gottlieb was in the new D hall in the brand new science wing. In yeah. Year.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Ups- up, was it upstairs, right? Yeah, upstairs. Or, yeah. 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 The school, I mean, I remember all the fire drills and this, that, like dust getting into the system Gas. and yeah, evacuate, uh, evacuate the school all the time. Oh, it, was just, yeah. it was a
0: disaster. I blame them on my, on my migraines that I get monthly.
1: <laughs> it's a good one. I never thought of that.
0: <laughs> All right. That was Dustin Canner. I found Dustin's approach and feelings towards high school kind of refreshing. And Dustin's story, while it's not similar in detail, it gave me the same feeling that I had after my conversation with Tom Beal. Dustin's story had these moments in his life taking place that I think I and others might recognize from our own lives, and speaking for myself, my entire mental approach to those events were so different than Dustin's, not just back then, but even the way that I look back on those things now. Uh, for instance, I don't think I give all of my experiences enough credit on their own. So when Dustin talks about like all the ways that he had his hand in marketing and promotion, and my focus is, didn't you think about doing this for a job? But Dustin seemed to be just living in the moment. And where I maybe look back on some things that I've had my hand in, something that you know didn't turn into a super successful venture, I've struggled to just take that as a great experience and leave it at that. And that's important because I think the end result is still the same. These experiences, big or small still better prepare you for whatever it is you end up doing with yourself no matter what that phase in your life is. So to save yourself maybe some of that stress and hassle is something that I'd really like to going forward adapt much more in my life. Plus we're going to watch some Dumb and Dumber so uh, I will report back to you guys when that happens my first ever viewing of 1994's Dumb and Dumber. And be on the lookout for Lemon Perfect if you're in the Philly area. Dustin mentioned it's going to be available in 2022, so I'm excited for that. We weren't friends in high school is the account on Instagram WWF in HS on Facebook. Subscribe to the YouTube channel YouTube.com/slash RedshirtPlayer special video dropping the day after Thanksgiving. So go subscribe. Be ready for that in two weeks. My guest will be. Kimberly Kosh, a.k.a. Kim Clodder. I used to sing across the room from Kim throughout high school, and we were both really heavily invested in the arts. Kim did both drama and spring musicals, and I've talked a bit about my experiences with the musicals and my disappointment in my senior year. That specific moment crosses with Kim's own frustrations with the musicals, but at the same time, she was actually dealing with a bit of a health scare. So she'll talk about that from her perspective. Plus, Kim is the Whitpain Township Supervisor, so you know how I love politics. Kim's going to talk about her entry into the political world, and she's going to give me a little bit of motivation for my own aspirations. So I think that's about it here. Thanks again to Dustin, and I will talk to everybody again in two weeks on a Monday morning with my guest, Kimberly Kosh, a.k.a. Kim Clauder. Later.